And good evening, everybody. It is July 17th, 2007. Wait, wait, was it 2021? But we're just getting started here tonight on Super Mater Brothers Podcasting. I have to remember what show I'm on. I'm Dave Mater. Welcome. Uh, and I'm joined with my brother, Jeff Mater, the other namesake of Super Mater Brothers Podcasting. And to round out this trio of timekeepers, we got Jamil Robinson as well. The variant Mater. Yes, the variant, the variant, yeah. the, variant Most, the Bose Filmator, we'll yeah. say, um, perhaps. Um, and uh, he, we are all here today uh, to talk about the first season of Loki as we continue our coverage here on uh, Super Mater Brothers Podcasting for all the MCU content that's come out since 2021, at least, um, starting with WandaVision. And now this is our uh, fourth podcast as we continue our, uh, our coverage. And yeah, we're going to talk about Loki. Jeff, this is the first one you're joining us for, I believe, right? You weren't, uh, or were you in on Black Widow? I don't think so. No. I know. Um, so I mean, I watched it. You watched it. You watched uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and you've yep. watched WandaVision. Yep. And now Loki. Yep. And, uh, you know, let's well, maybe just a quick roundtable, because, Jeff, you asked to be on this. You're like, I want to talk Loki. And I was like, well, we're going to cover it. Um, you were maybe, uh, you know, you were into maybe a week to week. I would yep. have, but I was, I was also I had other things going on. So, um, Jeff, uh, Loki, what are you thinking? Uh, like just in general, or like yeah, like just like a hot take. Is before we get into like, we'll go episode by episode, and we'll talk about all the different characters and the plot and everything else. But right, did you enjoy this? This is the best television show I've seen on TV since like the early Game of Thrones time. Like for me, like this is what I want out of a TV show. A, a TV show that takes me for twists and turns, always keeps me guessing, uh, brings in lots of great references from all sorts of different places, uh, really kind of um, makes them come together in a great cohesive way. And for me, it's I love the like, I like anti anti heroes like that 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 maybe some of my favorite characters throughout movies and TV shows in general. And Loki's kind of like the ultimate anti hero in Marvel. And for them to you know, not only use Tom Hiddleston, but bring in lots of different variants and have a real fun with the character. I think, I think it was a really great idea to bring in the TVA, do all the time travel stuff. Uh, yeah, just fantastic. Um, can't I have really almost no complaints about this TV show. Okay, well, let's talk about maybe the parts you liked about it the most. But Jamil, let's go over to you next because, um, you know, you uh, you we've been, you've been on all these Marvel podcasts uh, to date, uh, and uh, you know we've 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 liked certain things and we haven't liked certain things. But where so where does Loki sort of um, rank in the pantheon for you? Um, I like Loki, so I'm going to cut to the chase in terms of of that bit of information. Uh, but at the same time, um, I appreciate it in terms of the amount of world building it does. Um, at the same time, it doesn't sacrifice itself to that world, world building, which you, you kind of see in a lot of things where it's just shuffling pieces around on a big board and um, the, the season ends with just the um, whoever's shuffling the pieces just kind of stepping back. And, and that's supposed to be the conclusion of the series, um, which I, I kind of felt that um, uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier ended up doing as opposed to telling a really cohesive story from beginning to end. Um, Loki, uh, the only issues 
are as a result of the fact that it is a more than one season tale. And therefore, uh, even though uh, we don't get a definite ending or what people were expecting a definite ending, it's just the end to the chapter of the a bit of a cliffhanger to end this first season and maybe not as completely fulfilling as maybe the other series, which were more well, standalone-ish. I, don't, I didn't think that the other series were as fulfilling as this one. Even the fact that there wasn't really an ending, it was still more fulfilling than the previous ones. Okay, okay. Now let's get into maybe the, the, the content. But Jeff, did you have a thought before we get into anything else? Um, yeah, so like kind of what Jamil just said there, like, yeah, the, the other two, like WandaVision and uh, Falcon, they knew they were ending their show, like after that, whatever amount of episode six or nine. So yeah, Loki's different. It's a different thing. It's uh, we don't know the end of the story yet. So it's hard to judge it based on, uh, you know, there's no finality to it yet. So yeah, you, yeah, like maybe to your Game of Thrones point, Jeff, uh, we, could, we, we can be let down, even though this first yes. season was pretty good. Yes, but I trust the Marvel people way more than I trust, uh, you know, the double D's. DNS. Yeah. DNS. Yeah. Let's talk about those Marvel people because um, this show uh, is a spinoff, technically, of, of Avengers Endgame, more specifically. And is, is one of many pr um, properties that have come out of, like, maybe this new phase. Like, are we in phase four, Jamil, yeah, now of Marvel? Four. So phase four is the post-Endgame Marvel, which includes all these Disney Plus shows and this ever expanding universe um and uh you know we we we, we even start that's how this show started uh it starts with this uh, scene right out of end game uh which oh wait, sorry, i'm going the wrong way um you know that that basically says like okay this is loki up until avengers one which is set in 2012 and uh, but we saw that uh that character runs off with the tesseract um because that would they were planning to steal that to reverse the the, the blip and the snap and everything uh, but Loki didn't get too far and he gets captured by this TVA which we find out is like the time travel or the the timeline police um, and and everything else and so maybe we can get into this first episode maybe a bit more specifically which was called glorious purpose which uh, I feel like is the breaking of the Loki character because as mentioned this is not the same Loki that dies at, in Avengers Infinity War. It, it is and it isn't. It's not that he, he doesn't, uh, he hasn't lived those, I guess, six years that would come in between there and up until his death. And, uh, and you know, it's, there was it's a lot of things. Alleged, I came into. alleged death. We don't know if he died. Yeah. Well, alleged death, because even the uh, the classic Loki says, yeah, well, I faked my death. So right, we'll it's, get plausible. Yeah. it's plausible. It's yeah. plausible that the other Loki did too. But he looked pretty dead to me. So, um, but who knows? Uh, it can so, be deceiving. So, yeah, even just like what we what we knew coming into this show and knowing as comic book fans, Jamil, what were you sort of expecting out of this, like uh, coming in? Was uh, what, what were you just drawn to this idea of like, okay, we're gonna have a Tom Hiddleston Loki show. I'm in no matter what. And as you were seeing some of like the pictures and the images coming in, knowing that Mobius was going to be a character and then played by Owen Wilson. Um, what did you, what sort of, what was your, your reaction? Um, it seemed to be the most high concept of, um, the series because I could already wrap my head around WandaVision due to other series or shows like, um, stay tuned and, and, and so and such. So, uh, 
kind of being trapped inside of a, a program isn't that difficult and having you know they really put the the concept of the show spread over three episodes for WandaVision to kind of tell that tale. Uh, for this one, the trailer kind of set the, the 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 stage for what exactly this series was going to be. And they did in a way that I felt did not give away of what the show was going to eventually evolve into. Um, so uh, I was looking forward to this show. Um, the actors involved, um, Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston, uh, and it, it had a tone um, that seemed extremely different. So, um, yeah, I was extremely excited for this series. Yeah, because like these, some of these, some of these comic book characters, like uh, like Rowena, what's her name, Rowena? No, um, Ra- Ravona, Rowena Renslayer, yeah. Judge Renslayer, and a couple of the others. I'm not as familiar with. I'm a comic yeah. book guy. I'm a Marvel guy, Mobius, but Mobius, I, Mobius, and Mobius. Not as yes. I'm not as up to speed on who he is um or or a lot of these characters but i know loki and uh, i'm very familiar there um and so this whole kind of he gets uh he gets he ends up in mongolia and then he gets captured and pretty quickly by uh hunter number what's her name b15 or is it she beat yeah b15 as played by wunmi musoku uh where he gets like punched in the face jeff I have a question about that. Why? Okay, when he grabbed the Tesseract, right? Like, and yeah. he transported himself. Why did he go to Mongolia? Like, why wasn't he able to control where he went? I think he just wanted to go anywhere, right? When he hit that thing, as um, far as possible. I guess. Uh, why Mongolia? Like, it doesn't make any like like why could he other side of the planet? Like, I guess he had no choice of where he went. Uh, but I guess he, you know, so he's not able to control the Tesseract. Is that how, like, what? Well, he was, but he couldn't speak at this time. He had this uh, muzzle on his mouth. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that, I don't really know. I don't really know how you use a Tesseract exactly to open a wormhole. But, uh, but Loki, yeah, he was just kind of like, he wanted to get somewhere. Yeah, it was away. just an escape. Yeah, I get, I understand that. But I guess, um, yeah, I don't understand how the Tesseract works. Like, if you could decide where to go. Because Thanos, when he had the, the glove on, he could decide where to go. But this only happened because Ant-Man hit the case and then Hulk bashed into the other Tony Stark and yeah. whatever. It all happened thing. because the Hulk took the stairs. Yeah, but that happened in the original timeline too. It was just that uh, Tony Stark got hit and then he had the Tesseract because he was stealing it. So then it got it ended up there. But in, in the original timeline, they just walked out of this building. It, it isn't that he got hit. It's that they um, shorted out his um, his chest plate and then he dropped the briefcase. Ant-Man knocked the briefcase mm. over to Robert Downey Jr.'s right. Um, um, right. Iron Man from That's um, when they Endgame. changed it. Yeah. And that but Robert happened. Downey Jr., or rather Tony Stark, should have remembered that Hulk was going to come out of that door at that moment. But maybe they were already he was out. in that position. Yeah, maybe they had already left the building by the time the Hulk did that in the original timeline. Maybe. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> Dave. Dave. Uh, four years ago, do you remember when? <laughs> yeah, dot dot dot. You can't remember. He remember. Uh, he was talking to at that point what um, Robert Redford's um, character at that time and having that argument. So yeah. he's far away from where the other side of the the uh, the, the. Yeah, well, 
I'm so, not saying he was right standing there and he would remember, but you know, it was not. It was, it was a sloppy operation, I want to say. This uh, this time heist, but whatever. Recon first before they actually went through with it. Right. Um. Uh, yeah. So I guess that maybe more the question is is like when once once this Loki ends up at, in front of Judge Renslayer later in the first episode, and she goes, "Yeah, those Avengers, they that was that was all part of the plan. What their their time travel was fine." But every other time travel is bad. Right, no, right? they don't necessarily say that because yeah. there's other, there's other like time travel that occurs, right? So, isn't what Doctor Strange does a, a form of time travel? Isn't Doctor Maybe. Strange peeking but into like the different and mm-hmm. living through the different, um, you know, versions of how Endgame plays out? Isn't that a form of time travel? Perhaps. I I know that they're going to, like, I know there was just a a meeting at Marvel and Creative somewhat recently where they had to kind of figure out what are the rules about the multiverse? What are the rules about the timelines? Uh, I think that they have established some of that already, but they're still, as they're expanding more and more into this, and we're getting this, like, Doctor Strange, the madness, uh, the multiverse of madness, WandaVision, and where that's headed. Uh, with with at least with the Wanda with the Scarlet Witch character, I think that there's uh, this they're, they're going full multiverse, and I think that they need to look at shows like you know maybe like what the Berlanti um, DC universe did on TV and the CW as some cautionary things of what not to do okay, because this can all get very confusing very fast. Well, I I, I do take your point, but what I get from that type of meeting occurring is that the movies that we have that just started production don't necessarily involve the multiverse um, um, or the ramifications totally with a multiverse. So that means um, after Multiverse of Madness and uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, there's still going to be a multiversal aspect that's still going to be in play. So um, people should understand that Doctor Strange isn't going to solve the multiverse issue, and neither is Spider Man. So they should have that already in their head. No, they're no, they're, yeah. The it's a first of all, it's called the multiverse of madness. So, like, it's not going to make complete sense. I don't think you know it's madness. Madness is in the title, so it's yeah. implied. It's not going to get solved though. Right, no, right? not solved. But when you saw this, even when you saw Endgame the first time, Jeff, were you excited when you saw this whole Loki variant, which we'll, we'll come to find out in this episode what a variant is? But we didn't really know that. We just saw, like, okay, Loki died. His arc was kind of over in Infinity War, it seemed like. His sacrifice and his redemption was done. And then this time travel thing opened this door for Tom Hiddleston to come back into the Loki character, but an other version of him, like a like like a multiverse version of him did did that intrigue you did that excite you or were you sort of like indifferent to it no i really liked it uh tom loki is one of my favorite characters in the mcu uh any character that can straddle the line between villain and hero in marvel is very difficult to do uh and he did it like he literally killed colson stabbed him through the back and we still like him in Thor Ragnarok. We still, you know what I mean? And he's still a bad guy in Thor Ragnarok. He's, in he's done some pretty villainous things. Yeah. Which, like, they, which they remind us of in this, in this episode, uh, too, quite a bit. Absolutely. They don't, they don't try to sugarcoat his past infractions, which I feel like in 
um, lesser capable hands, they were kind of like, well, you know, there's like explain it away. It's like, no, no, no. He did everything that occurred. He is the same bad dude that you saw in Avengers one. Right. But there is personal growth as opposed to just kind of, you know, well, the plot needs to be served that Loki's a good guy at this point. Right? No, mm-hmm. it's character growth. That's what. It, that's right. The difference. Well, he has the arc. His arc in this in these six right. episodes is right there. It's, or even he's the prior, title character. Okay. Let me ask you this, guys, because this came up in a different podcast I was listening to. What arc do you like more? The arc the that goes to Endgame or Infinity War, where Loki dies, the Ragnarok, that timeline, or this new timeline that we're getting? Do you, which ca- version of the character do you like more? Well, I think that this new version who got to see, albeit a condensed version of what that had, right? He got to see like, this is what, like, you know, quick, very like Cole's notes version, not Colson, Cole's notes, um, that Colson notes, uh, they were like, yeah, well you went home and then you kind of told your mom off, but then you, then you kind of led some dark elves to got her killed. And then you, you know, you were kind of a dick for a while, but then you kind of came around and worked with Thor, and then there was Ragnarok, but then you died in Thanos. Yeah. Uh, you also sent uh, the Dark Elves to kill your mom, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, and you, and you, you, you're, you're kind of like this complex person, but yeah, you, you had, you lit, you were meant to do, go on and do these other things, which is the other part of where this Loki has to con- to consider. He can't go back to his timeline and go back to his, this life yeah. that he would, that he was going to have, that was, go- you know supposedly what do you mean supposedly well (laughs) kind of jumping to episode six miss minutes talks about inserting inserting him back into the timeline right although albeit with changes but even giving that sort of deal in kind of indicates that there is the ability to you know place someone in a timeline of some sort or the part of the sacred timeline yeah maybe yeah sure but i yeah, but we, like we're also we don't necessarily know if she was being genuine or not. Yeah, and that's yeah, I I, I don't think so. I don't feel like that was a legitimate offer, but we'll see. We, we can talk about that. Well, let's we're still in episode one. Yep. So um so yeah, okay. What, there was the okay. whole what his whole arrest that? sequence too, like him getting processed and put through the thing and mm-hmm. like Are this whole this, this whole beginning of the episode, like him getting punched in that whole like his face in jello mode and going through this bureaucracy um i particularly like the scene with uh with casey as played by eugene cordero from star trek lower decks um and who put uh pill boy. I, I don't know pill boy but yes i know oh, you man. know it <laughs> so okay it's uh and he's very like just where he's like the receptionist and, or the rece- not rece- he's just the, the desk guy um you and they be go a receptionist what? he's a receptionist like, well, okay, okay fine he's a receptionist there you go um just that whole banter he's a very funny character in the show and i i thought we didn't get enough of his character in this uh in this where he's like he, he's like what's this it's like it's the tesseract be very careful with it he's like it sounds dumb <laughs> it sounds dumb <laughs> you guys almost killed me like yeah he has a bunch of great lines in this. <laughs> especially in the first episode yeah like what's yeah, a fish what's a stuff? fish i wanted to be know what i'm being threaded with before i uh i agree to anything um yeah, I thought like just this this whole this, this very fast sequence where this this it's a very humbling experience too here for Loki, right? Because he keeps going through like this processing. He's he's coming off of like him at his most like egotistical, trying to invade New York and take on the the Avengers in in, in part one. 
um, going through all this. He's not he's not having a great day uh, through most of this. You see the whole thing with the ticket where he has to like hold up the ticket because that that, um, that guy, the guy that gets yeah, um, yeah pruned. pruned. Yeah, I love that guy. He's like, what are you gonna do, Buckethead? Yeah, he's like <laughs> a Goldman Sachs guy or something, and yeah. it's and he gets he gets pruned. But we thought at this point we don't know what pruned is. So it looked like he was just disintegrated. Yeah, uh, and he sees the I think he's the first one we see disintegrated. Um, and the other thing we did mention was that when when they first picked up Loki in Mongolia, right as they were about to walk through the door, they set off that little charge, um, you know, and he's trying to watch what's going to happen, but he can't see it. So there's there's a bit of mystery. There's a little there's things we're learning as we're going and there's things we're sort of, um, you know, left ambiguous. But he goes through this. He has to, like, say everything he ever said. Um, they, they tear off his uh, his finest guardian leather um all those kinds of things and then he ends up uh eventually in front of judge renslayer who says you are guilty of crimes against the sacred timeline he's like nope because oh we also had the video with uh miss minutes, minutes yes. uh while he was in the lineup uh Played explaining by... explaining like hey you are accused of crimes against the sacred timeline and she hey, just has you. this yep. <laughs> You'll be charged for being a criminal of the sacred yeah. timeline. Uh, played by Tara Strong, the amazing yeah. Tara Strong, Canadian. Yeah, she's very good in this, um, and and a lot of her her, her characters like cheery sub supposition is very uh, interesting compared to her more calculated and maniacal role perhaps in some of this as we'll get we'll get to um, but like yeah the whole fact that there was this time war and a multiversal war and that there was all these. This craziness happened. We had to straight it down. That's why the TVA comes. And I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm tracking along. I'm like, okay, yeah, it sounds like something that could happen. Uh, I, have, very... I have a few things here. Like, I have a few quotes from the director here, from Kate Heron, that I just like. When when we bring up a character, I just like to say what the director said about the character, real. Quick. And which character do you want to talk about? Right, we'll, we'll start with Miss Minutes. Okay, so she said, "All right, so the animated anthrom uh, anthropomorphic clock mascot of the TVA, strong voices Miss Minutes with a southern drawl, which Heron felt was a representation of Waldron, since he is from the southern United States." After being created solely to introduce the TVA, the writers found more ways to include Miss Minutes in the series since they found her to be a fun character. Her design was inspired by Felix the Cat and other cartoons from the early 20th century, with Heron calling Miss Minutes a Roger Rabbit kind of character. Strong felt that the, the dire information Miss Minutes is tasked with conveying was the perfect mix of who she, who she is, and since it, it is said with a smile on her face, Miss Minutes has a protective relationship to he who remains with strong believing she understands how important her role is and how important it is to the universe. So I think that's really interesting because she's not a comic book character. This is totally invented for the show. And I, I think it's, it's, it's worth bringing up what was inspired, you know, why they made this character. And in episode two, they Loki asks her like, are you a, um, a, like, like a sentient being or are you a recording? And she right. goes both sort of, she has sort of both. <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> she doesn't really answer yeah. the question. Yeah. But like this whole setup, you're kind of like, what is going on and how weird this show is going to be right off the bat. And it's going to not, not be grounded like a black widow or something um, like that. It's very much in like the, the timey, wimey uh, doctor who kind of territory. Yes. Really? 
Doctor Who, Wizard of Oz, there's so many different things they're drawing from in this show. And that's what I love about it so much. That's why I kind of brought up the Game of Thrones reference, because Game of Thrones also drew from so many different things and then compiled it into one massive medieval fantasy show. And this is kind of doing the same thing, but with time travel, which is even better for me personally, because I'm not a big medieval guy. I I much prefer sci-fi time travel stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. let's talk about this whole um this trial where he tries to say it was the avengers fault that this happened i was like yeah you're right it was the avengers fault loki mm-hmm. um sort of but why were they supposed to do that why is that part of the sacred timeline it's bullshit it's made up that's my that's my theory i think that's completely made up she doesn't know she doesn't actually know the truth yet renslayer you think Ren that Slayer. this is just like she's just being a bureaucrat and she's just like dismissive and making some yes. kind of weird thing yes and she dictates the flow of time according to the their dictations yet she doesn't she just goes and talks to some robots which we'll get to but well maybe okay. we should talk about maybe we should also um we can we can, i think we should touch on her now too yep. because this was her introduction uh sorry where's I have I have a Kate Heron quote about her if you want me to go through it. Yeah, sorry, I have it here. So I just want to get yeah. So Ravona Renslayer, uh, she shows up in this like trial scene up in the first episode, uh, like after he's gone through all the processing and everything else. And uh uh yeah, he's like, Well, I'm not guilty of crimes against the timeline, and I want to talk to the timekeepers, and she's like, They're busy, uh, whatever. And so she's about she like it seems like the the process is they come through. I don't know why they have a trial. It seems like everyone's guilty and everyone gets pruned, right? It's like a Cardassian trial. Yeah, it's like a Cardassian. <laughs> I don't understand. I think just because they want a bureaucracy and so they go through the motions here. So yes and no, because the understanding is that um, as we l- later are, we later learn about um, who the TVA is consisted of. Uh, absolutely. Uh, they would have a uh, a trial yeah, they to determine see if yeah. the person would be um, able to be molded into the flock, per se. Because it's also recruitment. They they take these t- yeah, variants, yeah. but then they reprogram them. But that's and- why they didn't delete him, because Mobius says, hey, I know what he's capable of, and then they go, fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But just imagine if he threw himself to the mercy of the court, right, and was humbled or begging to not be pruned or deleted or to be saved right maybe it would have been a a different conversation that occurred we we, the only two examples we have is um goldman and Sachs uh, douchebag and loki who's very high in his own supply so not really two team players that you would automatically think you'd want them to continue on in the tva so right. we're, we're only seeing it through a lens of a specific at a specific example. So we don't know how exactly. Well, we, and we also saw Sylvie's, I guess, trial, if you want to call it that, too. Right. Uh, when she was a, a child and she was right. first uh, picked up. OK, a couple of things about um, this Ravona Rensselaer character. First of all, the actor actress playing her, Juju Mbatha Ra. She's like super British. Like I saw an interview of her. She, what a fantastic performance that she gives. Yeah. I don't her even. It's pretty flawless. I'd it's say. gone. Like, I believe she's American. I never even for a second think she's British. And, and what's just so 
she's classic. She trained. She went to the same school as Tom Hiddleston. She was like a year behind him or ahead of him or something. But she's anyway, the same age as him, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, OK, so director Kate Heron compared both Mbatha Ra and Renslayer to chameleons and said Renslayer was always trying to dance the line with Mobius of being his superior and his friend. Heron added that Mbatha Ra brought a warmth to Renslayer while also channeling her pain. Loki explores the origins of Renslayer, which predates the character's appearances in the comics, and Mbatha Ra enjoyed being able to start something fresh with the character. Mbatha Ra called Renslayer incredibly ambitious and felt that there was the ultimate personality clash between her and Loki. She continued that uh, Renslayer has a lot on her shoulders and has to make morally ambiguous choices, which forces the character to keep secrets and build layers. Waldron, who's the writer of the show, believed that Renslayer had the making of a very complex villain. So that's kind of like the the take from the the writer and director. Yeah, I I, I agree with all of that. Um, Jamil, do you know much about the comic book Ravona Renslayer? Um, not really. Outside of her connection to, um, you know, he Mr. Who, Kang, Mr. Richards. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh and yeah, I me. Do like I do like the concept because I do actually believe that concept applies in this case um, that the, the writer was talking about, about uh, Ravona, R Ravona being the uh, predated comic book version. She does not necessarily have the, the ties to Kang as the comic book um, really emphasized. And we can kind of see what leads her to that or the beginnings of what led her to that type of relationship as well. Okay. Okay. Um, I thought she was very impressive in the show. And I thought, in uh, well, the question is also, as we segue to maybe the other character who we meet in this trial scene, which is Mobius. Why do, um, why do, why do Ramona and, um, and, and, uh, and him, all, why do they get names and everyone else is a number or like a letter and a number? Like B fifteen and C twenty or whatever, and then you got and then but but Mobius has a name and so does R Ravona. Although we saw in the flashback, Ravona was once known as like A twelve or something like that. A twenty three, which a is a, ref a reference to the first comic book appearance yeah. of Ravona. Of Ravona Rinsley. It could be that um, the the length of time she's been with the TVA, she has uh, moved up to a different role per se. And thus had a different name. So is it like when you get promoted to detective, you're in the plain clothes, and then you know you don't have to. But well, if you're in see, uniform, we see two instances of that, um, and we're gonna see what's happening after that because, as mentioned, we know that. Uh, and Casey has a name, so it's only if you wear that tactical gear. It seems you have like a. Well, people switch roles because what we learn in the last episode is Casey is no longer behind a desk, but is now an agent. Did we learn that? Did I miss that? Yeah, if you're, I, I think if you are a hunter, you have a hunter, number. Yes. Yeah. If you are a hunter. Yes. So we have Hunter B fifteen, and we have Hunter C uh, C twenty. Okay. And, okay. So and that's I'm, more of a and, hunter thing. And uh, you know, um, yeah, Ravona Renslayer, I'm guessing, was just called A23 when she was A23. Yeah. And, but know, eventually, and, she would have had to choose a name. Yes, because her. Okay, so here's the deal. Her real name in uh, she, so in the timeline where she was plucked from is she was a vice principal at a school in Fremont, Ohio, in 2018, and they learn that her real name is Rebecca Torminay. 
Okay. It makes no sense to me why they get these names, but I want to talk, let's talk about Mobius and Owen Wilson, because I was really excited when I heard Owen Wilson was going to be part of this show. I thought he was, uh, he's maybe the best part of this show. Maybe, you know, I think he brings a whole different, his relationship with Loki and the arc with him and Loki. And I think he makes the performance with Ravona Renslayer better because their relationship in this series is extremely important to the plot and to the story and to a lot of the emotional weight where you know what's the right thing and what like trying to figure out what the morality of what they're doing what what's good about their work what's bad about their work and 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 whatnot so he's a he's a very interesting character to me and I think we're gonna probably talk about him a lot um what do you think Jeff Mobius Okay, my favorite character in the show, but I have a few things to bring up about this character that I didn't even realize until I read this. So, an agent of the TVA who specializes in the investigations of particular dangerous cr time criminals. Heron likened Mobius to like a hard-boiled detective, which when I was watching a lot of the scenes, I, I really got a lot of law and order criminal intent vibes from him. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, with Wilson comparing him to the character of Jack Cates in 48 Hours from 1982, uh, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige noted that the character is similar to uh, Owen Wilson himself in that he is unfazed by the MCU, which means he probably never really paid attention. Hiddleston helped Wilson prepare for the role by explaining and showing him moments from the MCU films, which Wilson felt was useful for when Mobius interviews Loki in the series. Speaking of the interviews, Wilson and Heron both examined Goodwill Hunting as inspiration for Mobius being a mentor and therapist for Loki, who, uh, you know, is is looking to push him toward where he needs to get to. And I do feel like Renslayer is kind of like a. What's the guy, the uh, Eric Selvig in Goodwill Hunting? She's yeah. kind of like that character in in Goodwill Hunting. So it's very similar, actually, plot narrative to Goodwill Hunting. I never yeah. realized that though, <laughs> you know. So very interesting. But yes, I love Owen Wilson in this role. He's so good. Um, my favorite character on the show, and there are a lot of really good ones. So, Jamil, anything to add on Mobius? Uh, this is Owen Wilson's best performance in his career. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. I think that uh, the amount of layers to this performance for a person who's primarily a comedic actor, uh, the the dramatic intensity in some of these scenes that he has is uh, world class. And I think that people uh, need to recognize and appreciate what we're seeing in front of us. Um, and also, I hope that he kind of continues down this path and in terms of what he's shown to be able to do uh, i cannot wait to see where the character goes next um and uh, i i can't imagine another uh, performer doing this role and having the same type of impact as um owen wilson did yeah sometimes casting they just get they cast the perfect person and you don't even realize, like, oh, Owen Wilson playing, like, this serious, like, detective guy that's, like, kind of interrogating Loki and telling him what a bad guy he is and trying to really get him to turn his morality around and admit who he is and know, know himself. And just all those, we get that, those same feelings from Goodwill Hunting where it's like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, he's trying to reach him. And, and, yeah. and he's doing it sometimes in a very dickheaded way but it works like it, it i don't know just the performance is fantastic it's off it's off the charts right i feel like this whole first episode is quite the ride because as you're going through it and you're you're introduced to like a lot of these characters uh owen wilson being like 
a face we know and a lot of the, some of these newer uh, faces in the cast i'm like okay i don't know i don't know you as well i'm not as familiar with you but i'm kind of just along for the ride but there's this whole thing where he's he's showing loki like hey like these are some of your greatest hits well i think there's a bit of an interrogation leading up to that but it's um it's quite interesting seeing like you know loki have that collar on him being able to like snap him around the room and the humbling experience that uh loki's having to go through here and what is mobius's interest in loki is the other kind of intriguing thing plus what is this tva world because like uh mobius is like yeah have a look out there at the window and see that city and, and loki can't really believe it he's never heard of this place he's never heard of the timekeepers doesn't understand it and and mobius is explaining yeah well you never really needed to before it's not important uh, <laughs> we're a, we're a time or is jeff jeff going away J jameel um Along this first episode, and this everything's being explained, and you're establishing this place in this world. Uh, so we would, I was really enjoying it. Yeah, I thought. Um, I I love watching pilots. Um, I know that pilots aren't necessarily the the um, the end all be all in terms of the quality of a show, um, uh, how a show will eventually end up. But it's great to see how the creators are presenting ideas to the. The actual audience and in this case you have the um this episode laying a tremendous amount of groundwork in terms of character development and also the concept of this entire show tva how time travel is going to be viewed through this lens all right um and like this is this is i think this specific episode in terms of its um uh, the amount of heavy lifting it has to do, it is an excellent example of what the Marvel uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe is able to produce in terms of a single uh, episode of television. Jeff, what do you think about this choice to um, to make it like a 1970s sort of office aesthetic? Like, why? Um, yeah. Why, why do you think they did that? And do you do you do you like it? Like, is it, is Okay, two reasons why I think they did it. One reason is I think they liked the motif. I think they liked the way it looked. I, I think they wanted to use the color orange, especially. And the second reason I think is a real world reason that we haven't found out yet. Maybe the TVA was started in the 70s. And that's how that's why it looks like that. But I, those are my, those are my two theories. I don't know about you guys. I, I think uh, what we need to also understand is if we're watching this show and everything looks futuristic, it doesn't seem like the TVA has been along for a long time. Mm, yeah. Right. But with it looking very extremely retro, there is the automatic association to us as an audience that this has been going on for a while. So it kind of has this dual purpose where it's advanced, but it's not. It's been here for a long time. There's even this line in the first episode. He says time works differently here. Yep. We don't really have a sense of how old they are or how long they've right. been here. But isn't it weird, Dave, that Ravana Renslayer was plucked most likely in 2018 and Owen Wilson, Mobius, was mostly likely plucked from 1991. That's basically 92. Like he says the early 90s when he's talking, right? So that's most likely. We don't know yet. It's not confirmed. But we do know about Ravonna Lenser. Why is Ravonna Lenser uh, his superior? That's, you know, because he would have been around she's just there. I think maybe just like uh, she's been there a little longer. But like, the, right. But has she? 
how does time work? You know, like, like that's know. that's the question here. Is like if they, she's they, been, <laughs> if she's been there longer, that means it's not like a linear timeline. It's like yeah. it, it already is a multiverse of madness, and you know, you know what I mean. Like it just, just doesn't make sense. Linear time does not exist, right? right. Um, in terms of uh, like the characters we are following do have follow linear time but the TVA itself is outside of time right. in the sense that at this time, the multi-verse war has already occurred, right? And the end of time, quote-unquote, has already progressed to a point. So um, when you're snipping the different um, parts of the, uh, the main timeline, um, what order are you going? Are you going from, from, from earliest to... Most recent? No, you're just going in. You're you're doing cleanup work, so everything could technically be simultaneously, and not. So it just so happens that she could have been, you know, her. She is a what? A thirteen? A fifteen? A twenty? A twenty three? I think. Yeah. So she could have been the the twenty third agent at the first iteration of. Right. Uh, yeah. Just just because she's from a future. Uh, pointing the timeline from own Wilson, it wouldn't yeah. matter. But it, she was, yeah. But then I guess so. Her Nexus event happened before Mobius, most likely. Could I be. guess so, because they're sort of like they explain that within this whole time travel construct, there is still sort of a correlation. That's why when they're at the end of time and the events with Ravona do sync up, like when they have to go to this Renaissance fair, they kind of establish it more in episode two, right. where he's like, "Why? Why don't we just go back to when the variant first showed up? Why are we right. here?" Like you know, this amount of time later. And they're like, well, we have to, because we'll create more timelines and whatever. So. No, no, that's not what he says. What he says is we have to go in real time. That's the word he uses in real time. Yeah. That mm -hmm. makes no sense. Like because the, the Nexus event, when they're made aware of it, and then they react to it. Right. Is the real time. Real not, time. That's, that's the real time. That's the real time. Not like the specific when because they yeah, can't not just, not it being 1985 you can't go back before the nexus event because the nexus event won't happen in that timeline they get they go back to before it happens yeah right, you're creating a new timeline if right. you go back before it right right that's okay yeah. that makes sense that's what he should have said yeah. <laughs> you know There's so much going on here but um yeah this whole mischievous scamp scene um he sees this whole light well we keep you know a lot happens here he sees something like we're Owen Wilson's doing this grilling of him, like, why do you hurt people? Do you enjoy it? And he kind of breaks him throughout this. Like Loki eventually gets away. He uh because he steals the the collar I, controller. The time twister. The time, <laughs> the time twister. twister. <laughs> I, I love his scene with with Casey, uh, where he goes, Casey, I'm gonna he goes first he asks his name, Kate, what's your name? He goes, Casey. He goes, Casey, give me the give me the test record. I'm gonna gut you like a fish. It's like, what the fish? Um, like, how do you not know what a fish is he says i never seen one before what the hell does I that matter <laughs> yeah and he's like death casey painful death yeah uh violet painful death it is it is a great comedic scene if i've ever seen one between these two yeah. um and then just and then but it turns so somber when he realizes all those infinity stones are in the drawer and that he's like yeah he's like yeah we use them as paperweights so they're cut you know they're nothing right. here it's Which, like which matters more to the Loki of 2012 than it would have mattered to the Loki that died in Ragnarok or, yeah. or in Infinity War. You know what I mean? Right. Like that that Loki was on a quest to, you know, 
take over Midgard and then take over the nine realms. That was his whole plan or whatever. And, and then, yeah, you're right, Dave. He Mobius breaks him down and gets him to uh, to like re-spit uh, re out the line that he said before, that it's a desperate control for power. It's a desperate it, plea for control, a desperate yeah, plea for control. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, it's you're weak. You know, it's a way it's a part of the illusion, he says, all these kind of different things. And again, a fantastic like therapy type scene that but it's also interrogation. It's great. It's so good. Did you uh, did you enjoy when he put uh, B fifty two into that looper when he got the yeah. collar off and he he yeah. was like she was like stop it stop yeah. it <laughs> so great and he just keeps going and then he's yeah. just and it's so great because eventually B fifteen is going to be an ally so it's kind of funny fifty two is it B fifteen or B fifteen B fifteen not B fifty two that's a band yeah the, yeah the B fifty twos yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh also one other thing i want to mention in this show as a whole the music the music is amazing like yeah they they have they have the uh you know the demons by i think her name's haroki something it's a japanese girl uh but that song like that starts off the marvel credits i think it's in episode two. Oh my god like so good like i wish i wish they did a song over the marvel credits every single time i i don't need the marvel like da, 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 da. i don't need that <laughs> every, like, you know they do it almost every like they only did it twice i think where they put a song over the marvel well they did hey mr fantasy for Endgame, right uh, over the credits or whatever yeah. um, they do it for the movies more than they do it yeah. for you know they, the, they the, did you know. it for guardians didn't they for one yep. of the guardians yeah yep yeah I, I will i agree that the score for this like all like the music that they played over the credits uh was amazing i thought that some of like that, that whole scene where he was like am i like he's looking at that time um tva like display thing and he's like is this the greatest power in the universe am i like completely screwed over here and then that whole scene where he's in the is it the bathroom with mobius or it's some it looks like a shower room maybe and he's holding up the the test rack he's like hey did you uh, try to use that he's like yeah a bunch of times he's like yeah it doesn't work here it's the same room um, it's the same room it's the, oh, it, it, oh it's just it's just maybe the lighting or something's different it's but. the way they're shooting it he's over to the side and he's sitting on that that see that little ledge that's sitting right there that, that's right behind them that's where he, that's what he's sitting on yeah you know? so this first episode does a lot to us like just break loki i feel like it's all about break okay remember how this was avengers 2012 loki well by the end of this i don't know it's maybe not even a day but he is his whole world he's been yeah. flipped around quite a and, bit here and i heard a lot of criticism about this that it's kind of ridiculous that um a, a six or seven year arc that we saw in the movies with this loki they they try to completely like get him to be redeemed within one episode of television that Not took completely but they're yeah they do a lot in this one right and i, I my criticism my argument against that is if you saw how you die if you saw that you like like you saw this power that the t TVA has if you saw that you indirectly killed your own mother i think it would have an effect on you well and <laughs> i was i was going to really talk that you see Sorry. that your father actually you know considers you a son and yeah that he, that he saw all that he saw all this stuff he saw yeah him and odin he saw what happened with his mother he saw him and his brother sort of reconciled that he was he died a hero in in, in essence right yeah. and his brother cared yeah, and all these little different things matter. Like I don't know what that would do to me, but this I, I was going to talk about this when we got to like maybe episode uh, five, or because uh, that's when we meet all the other variants of Loki in the Void. And this this whole show, this Loki show, really does have like a 
uh, Charles Dickens Christmas Carol aspect to it, where you know, you, where uh, Ebenezer Scrooge got and got to see his unfortunate future and sh- was like, no, I don't want to live like that. And and it kind of ties into this cliffhanger here. He's like, yeah, well, the the, the dangerous, crazy variant we're hunting is you. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a really interesting um, idea, Dave. I think that that it's a ghost of Christmas past present and future because he he kind of goes through all three yeah. and and the, like you could almost say mobius is the, is the ghost of the past because he's the one going through his old past and then or he his, or the younger version that kid version of him too who the one who had, had killed thor is kind of his past in a way he another version of him and then and the then, old then, guy is his future yeah potentially yep. yeah like this is who i could become you know or I'll, what what i'll grow to be and the alligators is present makes perfect sense. <laughs> He's out. The alligator is well. I think he's his present, or maybe uh, also that president Loki uh, as as well. So that's that's where the first episode kind of goes. And then I want to like we, 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 we I know we're forty eight minutes into it. Let's get to the second episode, the variant, which I think is a very good episode too. It's fifty four minutes. It's a little bit longer than the uh, the fifty one minutes for the first episode. Time doesn't matter. Time, time doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. They don't stick to a format. They don't. You, yeah. They don't stick it, to a format. You feel it with these episodes, and and really thank you HBO and premium television that goes. We're going to tell a story in this episode, and this is how long the episode needs to be, as yep. long as it takes for us to tell this story, right? Yep. And you and people complain like, oh, the episode's only thirty minutes. This chapter is only 30 minutes long. That's all it needs to be. That's yeah. as long as it needs to be. It That's will be as long as, as as the story demands. And I really respect that. And this um this this second episode, the variant, is is different than all the other five episodes. Uh I, I think that that's what really does I think that all six are very distinct. And have a very different tone to them. But this one maybe is uh closer to a is it a buddy cop or is it more of just a mystery story? It's or a buddy cop. It's a buddy, it's a buddy cop. cop story, yeah. which I thought that Falcon and the Winter Soldier had the had the the corner on that market, but this is a little bit differently. We we you know we see that Loki gets put into his um his variant consultant outfit. He's got the whole scene where he's talking uh, at the very beginning to Miss Minutes about you know what's going on. She's we're getting more TVA exposition and what the hell is going on with everything. Uh, but it also starts in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, nineteen eighty five, uh, at this like Renaissance fair. I need a hero. Dave. We need a hero. Yeah, there's like the whole we need a hero. With, uh, and this is I guess this is we find out this will be Sylvie, but Sylvie doesn't get. We don't even find out about any of that until the end of this episode um yeah we had the i need a hero by bonnie tyler montage this whole battle in like the tent between i guess it's it's the people that sylvie's enchanted right she's enchanted um the she different them there yeah yeah she enchants them and she she's not really in the fight directly she's more fighting through the enchanted people yeah but it's it's a really fun sequence look good music choice um it's appropriate for the, the year they're in as well um and whereas the loki we know um so far he doesn't enchant people or take do as much mind control and whatever else but this is continuing this thing that this is a bad loki a villainous a more villainous loki than our more versus our protagonist loki well that's what the tva are saying yeah you know we don't really know at this point like is she a villain we don't know her motives we have no idea where she comes from who she is why she's a loki nothing 
you know, and they refer to the the, the variant as he throughout the whole episode to throw us off, right? So right. They, they, do they know it's a woman though? Like, do no, they no, no, they don't. Which yeah. makes is confusing because clearly, like, uh, Renslayer has a history with this variant, so it's weird that she's not on record at all. But I don't know. It's been. It seems like a long time since. Well, they that put happened. her. They show that, you know, they show her go through the metal detector thing. They show like they they processed her. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't convict but maybe her. Maybe it was a stain on the record, so they covered so, it. So, you what we've learned, especially at the end of the series, is that um, there are resets with the TVA, mm, and right. right. So, the people not remembering is absolutely plausible. You know, plausible. Yeah. Now, the the thing we also need to realize um, is that Sylvie has been doing this for a long time. How do we know it's a long time? Just imagine she was a little child when she was originally taken and she's been on the run. She Since. would only, yeah, she would technically only age outside of the TVA. Right. So she, in the little moments she has been hiding out is how long she's grown. Correct. Yes. So, and she ages much slower because she's presumed, we don't know a ton about her and it's more about this third episode we're going to talk more we made more about sylvie because that's a lot of her backstory filled in but um that like she's from asgard but her relationship with the parents was very different and whether she had a thor or not is not even discussed and how different her timeline is from his timeline is sort of up in the air but yes she would presumably be a frost giant too she would age like she'd be about five thousand years old but she's but she's been on the run for five thousand. Only years. the impression that she's based of a frost giant. She could have been well. She a, yeah. A she could be anything because like Loki is an adopted child. So. Right. So she's another adoptee. But whether she was adopted from the same place and for the same circumstances is not clear. Correct. Right. The, it's not just that her timeline is like if what if Loki was born a woman. Yeah. It's Correct. more than that. Uh, the right. emphasis of how she was playing with the uh, the the, Vol, uh, the uh, Valkyries uh, kind of points me in the direction that maybe she is she has a connection to them. And and that would she would be as guardian by by genetic. Uh, yeah. By, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, they never confirm whether or not she like. Yes, they say her name is like Lafayette daughter or whatever in the in the like on the file. But they never show that she's definitely like they talk about it. But like, is she a frost giant? Uh, we well, if she's Laufey daughters, then she would be a frost giant. You would think so, you know. But like, like she's also like seems to have a um a big connection to yeah the Valkyries, and she also asks like we're not there yet, but she asks Renslayer directly like, what was my Nexus event? And as far as I can tell, it was that fact that she wanted to save Asgard. You know, because yeah. when she's playing with her toys and they come and take her, she's talking about saving Asgard from a big threat, kind of like Hela, you know, kind of like what the Valkyrie were trying to do. And maybe she did save Asgard. Maybe she, she was going to. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. that was her nexus. Maybe. Maybe when Loki was a child, um, the Loki we know, um, he's always dreamed about ruling. Right. And then you have the, the variance mm. in terms of their attitude, right. because it isn't just the fact that she's a daughter, uh, that she's a, a girl, that mm. is her nexus event. As we later learn with classic Loki, he was able to live for how long separate from everything. And it was only when he decided to come back 
when the decision is made is when the TVA stepped in. Right. Because he wasn't, in fact, he wasn't creating a Nexus event. And the whole thing, the second episode really go, does a lot to try to explain Nexus events to us and what they are, what the TVA is about. And because it's, 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 it's kind of um, thrown over. They talk about, yeah, it's when somebody does something that's unexpected. Maybe they were late to work that day. I don't really get that because it, it, I, to me, it would have to have some kind of time travel involved. But to me, it's also this idea that time is sort of predetermined and therefore right but it's but, not so it's not but, predetermined. but there's so there's choice so choices still exists yeah the problem the, the we we learned in the last episode that he who remains can the conqueror whatever you want to call him basically has made this sacred timeline the way he wants it so he could protect everything you know he his his version of time is just what he thinks is the best for preventing his variants from taking over that's basically yeah. what's going on here. Yeah. So so the Nexus event is just arbitrary. It's basically whatever Kang decides, no, I'm going to step in. I'm going to intervene it here. The TVA is efficient. I need them to do this. All decisions that possibly can lead away from him um, being in the position that he is, is eliminated. Yeah. That's it. That's it. You know, and it's, so it's not like um, there is free will. That's, you know, but the thing is, Kang is removing everyone's free will with the TVA, yeah. you know, and that's what's going on. He's saying that this is the version of history, but it's also within the multiverse because the TVA yeah. seems to do more than just like the one, like the one universe. It, they seem to regulate all the multiverses. Right. Well, they can only, no, because they can only regulate the sacred timeline. Once it goes past that red line, Dave, they can't, they're done. So, but that, that to me, that suggests there are many timelines that are beyond the red line that are going on. Maybe Sylvie was from one, one of those timelines right before it hit the red line. And now that timeline is still going on. You know what I mean? But just without Sylvie in it. What? No, you know? they pruned it. They can prune it. Oh, yeah. They, so they pruned that one. They, but did they prune Asgard? Did they prune the whole timeline? Does it blow up the whole timeline that's going on all throughout the whole world? No, the whole universe? They, they pruned the difference. So... Hmm. The, so Sylvie right. being eliminated and right. then that aspect being pruned means right. everything else is still going on. Right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. So um, this goes back to Avengers Endgame, right? Why doesn't Loki being taken away from the timeline affect everything else afterwards? Right. Mm -hmm. So yes, because, right. It gets, because it gets pruned right after, right? Yeah. They reset the timeline. So in yeah, well, in Mongolia, so that that reset the whole timeline for all of Endgame. It eliminated the difference. It eliminated the fact it, because remember they did still they did steal two other time Infinity Stones from that exact time, right? There was yeah. also the Time but Stone, were, and but, but they um, returned them. They returned Loki, them. Yes. Loki was never going to be returned. He left. You know that's the thing. You know, and that's why they said the Avengers thing had to happen or was supposed to happen because Captain America returned the stones to their exact time. But Loki was never going to go right back. Unless that you, unless that that uh, divergent timeline was just erased and it's just done. Maybe. Yeah. And that could uh, they don't really explain that that whole pruning thing when they when they do the release charges, because like does everything from that world go to the crazy Eliath planet? Is that what happens? 
we we have to believe that the charge has a very um, big range because otherwise, how can you transport an entire building like mm-hmm. Avengers Tower or a King Tower or a boat. Or like a, a cruise ship or whatever it was yeah. or a military ship? Yeah. Um, also, I just wrote down here in my notes that there was quite a bit of stuff here in this episode with, I guess, it was Mobius and Renslayer uh, with more scenes like, you know, can you trust this variant? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, why are you doing this? I have to keep, I, she's got to deal with the, the, the timekeepers. She doesn't, she doesn't like that Mobius doesn't use coasters and leaves little marks on her, uh, her wooden furniture. Well, this version of Mobius, or maybe it's the same Mobius and he just doesn't remember. Because of the reset. Because of the resets. I also wrote down here too. Is can Loki is well, okay? So to me, like if you want to talk about what the overarching theme of uh, Wandavision was, it was like grief, yeah. right? And Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I guess about I like. I, I think it had well, a lot. To, it had a lot to do with a lot of things, but it was uh, it was kind of like it was about race a little bit, but it was also about symbols. And 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 living up to what you to somebody else's expectation. There was a bunch of different things going on in that yeah. show, and, yeah. and so uh, yeah. not as clean of uh, or boiled down to one word. But how powerful is a symbol? What mm. happens if a symbol is corrupted, or the idea of it can it be overcome? Are ideals more important than um, you know than you know uh, policy and there's a wide variety of things that were covered in um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I felt that they might have tried to tackle too much or needed more runway to be able to clearly state their their premises. This yeah. one seems more focused and more intertwined with each other than than the than other th- those. But yeah, but I also was coming into this like thinking like this is on my rewatch today. I was like, okay, is low-key as a show about maybe identity is it about redemption is it about choice free will maybe all of the above um yeah and i wrote down a couple other ideas on that too but it was uh i think it's it's like about like mainly dave predeterminism and whether or not like fate fate yeah like is your life uh, going to go away no matter what or do you have the choice to change it? Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of like the the general. But also faith, right? Because this whole thing with sure. Renslayer and and uh, Mobius is a lot about like the, you know th- this whole thing about for all time, always, which yeah. is this this sounds this, like a prayer. It sounds like a prayer because they also it's like it's like you know may the force be with you and also yeah. with you and yeah. those kinds of uh, <laughs> sayings. Live and, long and prosper. Yep. Live long yep. and prosper. And yeah, for all time, always, even in this scene here with the coasters, as they're looking around the room of the trophies of Renslayer that she has on display from, the, I guess, the different variants they've they've taken in over the years. Um, they, they, okay, question. They remember most of those things. At least she does. He doesn't remember everything. He even says to her at one point, I don't remember you getting that. Where did you get that? And and he goes, well, she goes, my other agent. And she goes, who's your other agent? It's probably him. You know, but like, yeah, these are the things that you're right. Why does Renslayer not remember? You know, like she remembers that, but she doesn't remember other. She's things. also a liar, so we have to remember right. That too. But she's a big yeah. liar. That's but true. keep in mind that if we're under the, the impression that there's resets and people change roles, right? She didn't change her role, right? But neither did Mobius at B15. But they still don't remember. So she, because of her 
connection or her or let's say her position maybe she survives resets in her current incarnation right. and investigators and hunters don't have that same luxury yeah she's holding on to more information and uh memory but she doesn't have all of the information because no. Miss Minutes also provides her that. Maybe She's... the fact that she remembers is via Miss Minutes provides her that information. So when a reset occurs, she's updated in what she needs to know. And we have this um, a broken telephone or uh, a degradation of information. So that's why um, the variant become um, turns from a she to a he, right? Because how miss minutes is providing the information perhaps okay let's come back to that okay so this whole thing where the loki variant he's working uh with them he, the whole scene where he goes to that librarian or whatever in the tva is like can i have like the, the files on the end of time no classified can i have the beginning of time no classified he's like what can i have and then she goes Ugh, and she gives him the thing and and uh and he goes she goes happy reading and so he has to like do detective work Right in this in this uh, story, and he starts figuring out that like, that these apocalypse events don't have as high of a thing, and he's cross referencing that, right. and he and and, he, and then he does the whole scene where he he says that um, that Ragnarok is the juice, and his salad is like Asgard, and uh, the salt right. is the Hulk. I think at one point in this metaphor, but he ends up pouring juice all over uh, Mobius's salad, um, mm -hmm. and and. But and, your, it, and your buddy yeah. Casey's right over at the other table, kind of watching. Well, he stole Casey's juice. Uh, right. If we want to get get into it, yeah. So, um, but <laughs> that's a very. I thought that was a really funny scene. There was not much to it, but then it goes to this whole thing. Okay, we're gonna go to Pompeii, and even they're like, "Yeah, it's kind of cool that we're here for the the Pompeii disaster, but maybe we should be really quiet." And, and so Mobius was, is going very cautiously. Where then Loki just goes on this whole thing where he starts smashing things, breaking things, starts speaking in like ancient Latin to the people of Pompeii. You're all about to die, and I'm from the future. And he's like, "See, nothing and he, matters." And he also releases a bunch of goats, which is kind of like his spirit animal. Yeah, he's the yeah. Okay, I didn't pick up on that. Um, did you guys like? Yeah, I thought that this was just like okay, like all right, I get it. like so like you you know it's it's fun to see your characters like solve problems like this sometimes like. That uh, like 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 the procedural cop shows or uh, even shows like House or whatever. Well, it, it follows the same type of narrative of those type of shows, especially when you get these two different um, opposing forces together. There is the uh, you know the revelation that this partnership is valid. Uh, you know the suiting up scene where um, you know you're once again forty eight hours comes into play. It's like you're just a crook on a weekend pass they give him a jacket that says variant on it right yeah clearly indicating to like him and everyone that he's still not one of them that he's right? a cosmic mistake another kind of religious overtone like that he's yeah. an abomination yeah not supposed to exist and and then you have at the end of the episode um the confusion or the uh, the uh, the possibility of a betrayal right but one partner still believing that no 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 this person is still with me mobius still believes that loki is still with him regardless of their separation yeah when he leaves through the portal with sylvie yeah. or whatever yeah yeah well and there's a couple lines he gives uh leading up to that where after they kind of talk about the apocalypse things and everything there he goes no one who's bad is ever truly bad and who is good is ever truly good and so true um yep. you know 
and and uh and so then mobius and and loki they continue like this partnership like they're working together and he's like yeah i found this clue uh which we didn't really talk about it from the first episode but this kablooey gum right this like gum that was uh that he had found in, in one of the france uh scenes where she had murdered a bunch of the tv agents um and uh he goes well they only made this from 2047 to 2151 so it has to be within that like 150 years or, no, 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 no. Four years. No. Four, 104 four years. years right? No, no. Four years, four Dave. Years. 2047 to 2051. That gum was. Oh, 2051, not 2151? No. no. 2047 to 2051. Okay, so they made it for four years, this gum? Yeah, and when they go to Alabama where there's the hurricane and the big rocks car thing or whatever, that's in 2050. Yeah. So that's you know so Alabama night twenty fifty, right? Um, and and so yeah, there's this whole thing where she where Owen Wilson has to go to bat with Renslayer again for the for the Loki variant. He's like, come on, we're working together. He's helping us out. This will come back to bite um, Mobius later on when Loki does bail at the end of this episode. <laughs> but um, you know, and, and the whole thing in the mall, right? Because it's like this mall, I guess, where these people in 2050 are, are trying to avoid a hurricane, but they're all going to die. So this is where they figure that the variant is hiding. Turns out that's correct. Um, and uh, and and uh, for a while, it's um, it's Loki and B5015, because she's like, no, Mobius, you can't keep an eye on him. I have to. And then uh, while... while Loki and her together. She's get she, well. They run into a guy who's buying azaleas because uh, they're in season in a hurricane that he's about to die in. But then it turns out it's not because she uh, that guy gets enchanted from the enchantment passes into B fifteen, and so for a while that's the Loki variant who will come to know as Sylvie. Uh, and it, that, that, did you guys like this this whole thing where it was like it was passing from like one person to the next throughout this? I think it was a. Uh, randy for a bit and then it was like this kind of redneck guy at the end who was being the crap out of him okay no i, di I didn't love it because here's why they they build up they build up this character and then the first real you know introduction to the character is through three, three people that she is not um i don't know i don't love it like that i don't love that part like i don't love the introduction to the character coming through other people that's just me, though. I, I can understand other people liking it, but my uh, I I have to agree. The reason why is we already have throughout this series uh, instances of um, this person is not this person. It's actually mm. dot dot dot. So to kind of have this play out and then have it played again, all but all but uh, much better later on, it cheapens this moment. So, yeah. like, was it really necessary? It would make more sense if they could have just had one person, really. Yeah, or, 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 or none. Just have, or just have B, <laughs> no, just literally have B, well, B15. It's, show, it's also showing off this power set, right, that she has? Yeah, but I think B15. I think see it like this again. Does yeah. do, do we see her chant multiple people in a chain? We never see it happen again. So we're presented no. this this power that is never used again and never referenced again. Why didn't she um, uh, when uh, when she's out of time, when she's in regular timeline? Why does she not enchant any of the other hunters? She like when she, when that. when they're on Lamentus, why isn't she just enchanting everybody? It, right then and there. Mm hmm. 
Especially I don't know. the Nexus event, and you need to... She only does it once when she could be doing it a lot more. Right. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they introduced her as very powerful Enchantress. And because she's kind of based off Enchantress and Lady Loki, but she's a different person. Uh, you know, so there's a bunch of different things going on with her. But at the same time, yeah, like I, like, I don't like the fact that, you know, in this episode two, when we all we really get to hear from her, Sylvia DiMartino, is this isn't about you. And it, it's just like, I, I just don't like the way they introduced her. But I like everything else after. I just don't like the way uh, it happens. Yeah, they could, uh, could have removed that line and just had her go into the portal. Yeah, follow. that there would have been go. better. I don't like the "this isn't about you" moment. Like the, that part, I didn't like. It's Did you like when when he said that? Because he uh, Loki, our the the, the, the guy Loki, uh, he's he's saying, "I need a qualified lieutenant." Did you guys enjoy that? <laughs> yes, that was good. Like, yeah, but he's trying to work with her. Work with he, at this point, he thinks it's just another version of him. So yeah. he's not. He doesn't know it's a, it's a woman yet. Um, you know, they, they, he's like, let's work together. And we're gonna take down these time lords because Loki knows he's only on borrowed time because he's going to be pruned eventually. So he's he, he knows he can't go back to his life. So he's just trying to like stall for time. So he's like, okay, well maybe I'm gonna work with you. Maybe I'm gonna work with Mobius. I don't know. I'm just trying to make. I'm making it up as I go along. Kind of like WandaVision. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. all his op um, options open and he doesn't really know which way which path he wants to take yet. I got another important question about this whole mall scene. Um why has style and fashion not changed in 30 years? I mean, it maybe it has, maybe mm. it has and now it's gone back. It's gone back. It's retro. It's 30 years. <laughs> 30 <laughs> Do we I, not see what people are wearing now? I was just watching that new movie with Amanda just before this called The Tomorrow War. And it yeah, I've seen it. You saw it? And it takes place in 2051. So in 30 years, like the world's going to go to shit. According well, to that movie. Anyway. According to that movie, yes. But that was because there's aliens trapped and whatever. Um, yeah, so I just wrote that. Uh, and then we find... Okay, let's... And then we finally meet Sylvie finally in, in person. What do I do? I don't need to turn off my video. Um, so maybe we can just quickly touch on to her character because it's very end here of episode two, more or less, that she shows up. Okay, I want to get, get some little quotes from the, the directors and stuff here. Uh, okay, so D. Martino said Hiddleston had looked after her and gave her advice on playing the character while she did her own research and preparation for the role. D. Martino uh, kept her regional accent for Sylvie, which I thought bad choice but anyway in order to not sound too posh or too well-spoken to help reflect the life sylvie had lived hiddleston felt demartino incorporated certain characteristics he uses for loki to portray sylvie while still making the character completely her own heron believed that sylvie dealing with her pain put her in a similar headspace as loki was in the original thor movie demartino looked to the fight scenes of atomic blonde to uh, create sylvie's fighting style calling her a street fighter with more of a brawler fighting stance compared to loki's ballet balletic style uh yeah so that's kind of like the breakdown on her yeah, like I was not super keen on her character to start, but she really grew on me as this show went on. Yep, I really I, I, liked her character. I just I wasn't crazy about like her accent. Like I don't I don't she's so different from Loki. Like as far as the way she speaks, the like even in this episode, like the variant episode when he kind of knocks her down, he's like, I wouldn't treat me like this. You know, like there's yeah. a bunch, there's a bunch of different things to yes, I get they're trying to differentiate the characters, but they're the same person. You know, but they're not. 
so but they are sort of the same but different they're same but different but the same but the same yeah it's it's kind of like it is it what is it right because is she more like loki than richard e grant or less like i don't get it like, right well she her life is very different than the R. tom Milson's loki she was taken as a child i just don't understand why her accent is different like what i, I get like she it had different on where she was during all this time and, and we right. haven't really that's true like what if she hunkered down in in sylvia de martino's real hometown in england during apocalyptic event and that's what she has that accent that yeah. would make sense i guess but yeah yeah okay so let's maybe uh what am i doing here let's maybe move on to episode three because the very end of episode two is that she walks through the portal she's starting to blow up all those little charges she's been stealing and whatever she's she's planning to like assault the tva like time bombing them time bombing them and she's that's what she's been attacking crews stealing the the purple stuff that the charges they set off and that leads directly into our third episode where she walks through the portal and uh because at the end of the, the second episode, like Moby's to say, Loki, stop, don't follow her, right? Because they're, they're picking up the pieces and he walks through anyway, which really pisses off Mobius, which will come up in episode four. But first, we have to go to maybe episode three, um, which is, uh, well, it's called Lamentus, and they, they do eventually end up on Lamentus. However, that's not right away. Um, we. See through, yeah, okay. So the cold open in this, so for, for um, maybe this is not the right picture to have up here, but to start the episode Lamentus, um, we had a cold open with Sylvie. She's mind controlling Hunter C30, right? And like these scenes. So this is maybe one of the more like longer scenes we've had with this actor who's playing Sylvie. Her, what's her name? Der Laurentis, Sylvie? Or is... uh, no, her name is um, her real name, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, Sophia DiMartino. Sophia DiMartino, yes. Yeah, um and just like she's trying to find out where the timekeepers are at she's basically using this like mind control this enchantment as sort of an interrogation thing and i guess it's it's to me it was establishing more of this sylvia as a villain at this point because i wasn't really but i didn't fully understand the context it seemed like she was torturing c30 not uh, really no she she was she was getting c30 to remember a memory so she could implant herself in that memory to to kind of interrogate her that's kind of what was going on find out what she knew yeah and uh, but you know i mentioned it before but the song that leads in to that moment is so fantastic it's a uh, Haley kiyoko it's a, a song called demons it's like i got demons in my head in my head so it's like the whole idea they get they, they do it a lot in the show like the idea of demons uh, uh in, uh, in this episode and the idea of a devil too because they they talk about that loki is kind of like the norse devil right yep. like you yeah. know he's uh even when like they when um, Mobius in episode one asked that French girl in the church, like, who did this? And she points out at the devil stained glass. Right, which was a huge Mephisto um, red herring. But, you know, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Just, I think they did that on purpose just to screw with people. Yeah. Right. So there, there was so um, Sylvie's going through her thing and she's she's marching up to the TVA like thing and she's got to take on the timekeepers. And Loki, having followed her and being somewhat, I think, somewhat genuinely trying to help this situation or not help her at this point he's not he's not in league with her he, he he's like no stop it. and he, he actually gets into a fight with her and this culminates with them somehow the tempad gets them to the another apocalypse event which is lamentus one which is in 2077 which is where they end up which is maybe the, i'll bring this photo back now because that's how they end up here and this is where they spend most of this episode and i like 
we like just gotta say like this the visual effects in this episode the the, the whole look of lamentus incredible like it's, just it's, it's the year 2077 too which is interesting random yeah, yeah. like they they picked this but sure okay some alien planet on 2077 sure uh that was that got blew up into another planet um and just but just from an alien world look like how how different it felt and and uh the aesthetic of it and basically this whole this is a love story this episode it's all about, uh, i don't know if it's a love story i think it's a it's a un, trying to love yourself. Yeah, it's a bottle that, episode, though. It's like yeah. it's like the Breakfast Club, more or less, where these people are put into this position. And yeah, you have this this pending deadline, like the essay in Breakfast Club. Yep, and you know it's a romantic comedy. <laughs> you, you're trying to put romance on it. I don't think this this is the romance. This is the people learning to to uh, love each other in even if it's just um a, a friendship a, a friendship type of love is this about learning to love yourself too though that's how i take you're, it you're really trying to get in there with that like <laughs> you're seeing each other in the other person at the same time right. so that's why at the end when you know yes loki is at fault but Sophie is also at fault and Sophie recognizes that that aspect, that hopelessness. And it's like, well, I can't be mad at myself. Right. Mm. And then interesting. Loki's yeah. also saying, like, I was wrong and I need to, you know, like she needs to learn how to forgive herself. And he needs to apologize, needs to humble himself and understand that he was wrong. Well, right? this whole when, when they come to that convergence, that's. At the end, that's this whole episode's kind of like uh, so. Uh, Sylvie's really pissed off at Loki for ruining her plan that was years in the making, as she says. Now, how many years was she going around and mopping up, you know, uh, TV agents at Oshkosh festivals to get enough charges to time bomb them? And then when she does get this plan, she kind of like, like she she had multiple opportunities to be like, hey come onto my team this is what i'm trying to do but instead she treats loki as an adversary almost and, and and so like that's for me is like why her plan failed you know uh if she just said hey like uh, she she didn't trust them and i understand why she has trust issues. she can't trust like she can't King, trust. told us at the end that's right and and so it is consistent to her character i'm not knocking it but if she had just done that I think it would have really helped her out. They would have been able to get to the end of uh, episode four a lot faster. <laughs> you, know, you know, right. This, um, I, like just everything that they had on the train, I thought was in particularly important and special in this episode because it just showed them, the, them trying to like use their powers, trying to navigate this thing. The fact that she hates him so much to start and that he's not too fond of her, but they're trying to figure out how to get off this planet that they know is going to blow up because she says, this is the worst apocalypse you could have brought us to. There's like, we don't have a, a hope here. Do we know? Uh, we don't know how many, this is possibly not the first Loki that she has, um, she's bumped into. Possibly not. That's so, right. Yeah. She's so, been hopping around the timeline for a while. So, let, let that can lead us to believe that she's seen 
what the other variations of her are and she's grown to hate that right she's mm. she's grown to hate that aspect right. of her right that aspect of her led her to where she's at which right? well, that she, makes sense yeah. right so and loki in the and and guy loki's uh modification of it well yeah, yeah i mean if she had bumped into boastful loki i don't think that would have went too well for her so i i understand what you're saying yeah yeah um this everything here on the train where yeah like maybe not this this particular thing getting onto it but once they what he's like i can't go backwards on a train is one thing he says here and she says I, I can't sit my with my back to a door which is a reference to what we find on the next episode when they when the tva comes and takes her her back is to the door that comes you know when they uh, come oh, okay good mm -hmm. good 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 observation there um and they kind of like in this booth here they kind of like trade stories and they kind of compare their powers quite a bit like what's different what's and also their histories like do you remember your mother where'd you learn how to do that um and loki oh this is this has made a lot of uh, headlines was that loki talks about yeah i, I, I dated princesses and princes and he kind of admits he's bisexual which uh but it's huh? fluid yeah fluid yeah which which got a lot of uh, notoriety in the in the uh, interwebs i believe to people who don't read comics <laughs> The man yeah. has slept with the horse, so like yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yeah, he he's not discriminating against anybody. Yeah. He's he's like um, what's the guy in Game of Thrones? Uh, the Red Viper. He's taking all comers. Yeah, yeah. right. D I believe that um, that Sylvie calls love mischief, though. Love is mischief. Yeah, love is like a dagger. Love is like a dagger. Yeah. Um, a couple of things here. Uh. And then I just wrote down here, do the size of the horns matter? Because I guess I was looking at Sylvie's little uh, tiara with the one broken off horn. Right. Which uh, is a reference, it's a reference to Lady Loki. Yeah. That's okay. That's really all it is. Okay. Or from I wasn't symbolically quite... trying to look at it, um, see, seeing that she isn't fully a Loki. In... Mm, she's half Loki because she changed her name. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of things like uh, maybe also she's she's been around for a while. Maybe something sliced that off at some weird yeah. timeline or something. You know, she's such a, a wide variant of the Loki character, right? That she still has one foot in that world, but still is very much very different right? than she the rest is of them. Variant. Right? She's the most. She's the most varied variant, almost it's in some ways. Um. And yeah, like I just like we, we, when Loki could make the conjure like the fireworks and I thought this was really like some interesting, good acting, good scenes here. Uh, she falls asleep and then he wakes up that he's like doing like a like a like a drinking song and he's like the life of the party. He starts singing at one point in Asgardian. Like it yeah. said this in the in the closed captions as I was watching, like in Asgardian, this is not real. He's not. Like but the song, language. the song they're singing, Dave, is a, a it's called like a lament, and it's a like a, basically what you sing before you die. So okay, okay, gotcha. It was okay, I wasn't quite sure what, what it was. He does a lament uh, on lamentus. Yeah, yeah on lamentus uh he also talks about how it um, all the food and whatever pairs nice with a figgy port right. one of my favorite he's like it pairs well with a figgy port yeah uh it, that's, those guys show up looking for their tickets and then they get into a fight and then they end up getting thrown out of the train oh, first of all one other thing one other reference i want to make to this train before we pass it snow piercer 
How, yeah. It's totally a Snowpiercer like type, yeah. type reference because there's even a woman that screams in the crowd before they they board the train like they're only letting the wealthy board the train. So like <laughs> you know it's the same idea concept. Anyway. Oh okay. Well they all died anyway, so it seemed like it didn't matter. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a the whole fight. Uh, Loki uh, ended up destroying the tempad that he was kind of like hiding from her throughout most of this because when they got to throw on the train and he she goes give it to me because she jumps out the window to follow him and it, it's all like destroyed and fried up um from that uh he goes well I'm so, she's like why were you partying it up he's like i'm hedonistic yeah she's like i'm hedonistic as, i'm more as hedonistic than you yeah but but she's like i focus on the mission and she's all right i'm like you're not more hedonistic you've been <laughs> focusing on the mission since you were like five years old you had to have been yeah right because you see how like Loki is a lot like Thor in these scenes where he's like breaking glasses and having drinks. Bring and me another. Of... Bring me another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a great reference to yeah, <laughs> the original Thor. Yeah. And then Sylvie has her little hissy fit where she like screams really loud and she goes, ah. And then after a beat, Loki's like, oh, did that, did that make you feel better? Did very, the make you feel better? <laughs> very similar to uh, Wanda. Uh, you know, very similar, like like that vibration when you get angry, like yeah. you know, very mm -hmm. similar moment. Yeah. Um, and then after a beat, they say, "Okay, let's." Well, what, there's some kind of ship that's leaving. We're gonna hide because she's like, "Well, yeah, this ark it gets destroyed. It doesn't make it off the planet." He's like, "Well, but we're here now, so we're gonna steal it and we're gonna get the hell out of here." And she's like, "Well, they I don't got a better plan." They were gonna use the ship's energy to power the temp pad right, instead right. they're like we're just gonna we're gonna make sure the ship leaves <laughs> they well they wanted they wanted to create a nexus event so they could get caught by the tva that was their plan yeah yes okay because they know that that's the only way to get out of there uh and there's no other way to create the x the nexus event i just also wrote here that like the the cinematography again visual effects just this whole this whole look to the world that they gave it um and then she also explains to Loki at this point that all of those TVA workers are not created by the timekeepers. They are actually just variants. And this is so like Loki is learning more and more that this TVA is not on the up and up, that there's there's more to it than than even they seem to know. Because so he's like she would have like, let's say, um, had a, an agent. Well, I guess through enchanting, she realized that they're they're variants and they lived a life. And yeah, but no longer have those memories. I feel like Sylvie should know way more than she does about the TVA. Don't you guys feel that way? Like she's been hopping around the timeline, hiding from them since she was a little girl. She's clearly in like her late 20s, early 30s by this point. Right. If not hundreds of years old, we wouldn't, not, be, we, we wouldn't be able to tell the difference if she was right. So she I feel like unless she was really just hiding and keeping on the download that entire time until she could formulate this plan that we are now watching of getting all these reset devices like I feel like she should know more about the time, you know, but she doesn't at the same time. She stole that first um, that first. Um, Power, I totally forgot the name of it. The, the time pad. Time the pad? time pad. Yeah. That time pad didn't last up until just now. She's no. had various time pads. Right. So, like, is she's constantly in confrontation with the TVA uh, from a once a, a very young age. So unless she had help, that doesn't really seem likely. No, she must have had help. 
That's the only way. Like, but maybe we'll see that in season two. Maybe, so. maybe we'll get more of her backstory filled in because there's still a lot of questions. Clearly, uh, what do you guys think of this whole scene where they were like trying to storm the ark and they were kind of it was almost a fight for one part of it and they were battling through one the, scene. Yeah, um, I remember Amanda and I were watching it and it got to the end of the episode and like you guys were talking about like you know tell a story doesn't matter how long time but like when the, that episode ended we were like oh short. <laughs> how, how long is that episode dave uh lamentus is only 35 30, yeah it's much shorter it's like 30 something minutes yeah like we're like that's the episode like the rest of them were like 50 some minutes and we're you know so it's a drastic change well, well, i kind of yeah. understood why like because you feel like there was part of the next episode could have fit into this episode easily but mm. it was i think that they wanted to end it here like that's this ending of hope right because yeah. we end with this song um that's sung over the credits because they see the arc destroyed and it's not just Loki and Sylvie who sort of like act like react to it. It's like everybody there. They all realize that it's, it's yeah, you're, you're it's talking, over. you're talking about the, the Brenda Lee song. No, this is dark moon rising. I think it's called. Oh, is that the song that ha plays at the yeah. Elementus? Oh, okay. Yeah. But the, yeah. okay. So it's the next episode. We'll talk about when we get there. But all, yeah, like, so uh, questioning that was like all that action and then like sort of that, that like abrupt, somber cold like end that that, that caps off this lamentous episode how do you it's, feel about it's it it's the breather it's the like you know you're you're racing against time and then you're like oh, God. right that exhale that that the hope has drained out of their body and it's like you that's what the feeling that they're trying to yeah like kind of like watch. you have at the end of end game or sorry infinity war right after yep. the snap and all yeah. that right yeah, like, like what's going to happen? Like, obviously, they're not going to die, but, like, we have to figure... Like, well, all those other people around them are, though. It's also their reaction, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they be, I love it. It's just basically they see it, and they go, all right, let's go have a drink. <laughs> you know, basically, they walk away. All right, let's talk about the next episode, which is called The Nexus Event. Um, and so this one is more, I guess, what I maybe call the Rebellion episode or something along that but it kind of picks up right where we left off for, for, uh, for me it this is the best episode of the six but you know well, this is 48 minutes long so this one's a bit more this is this one is a little bit longer um and there's a lot a lot of like figuring out the conspiracy and all those kinds of things i don't have a ton of photos from this episode i do have a few um but let's let's maybe get into that. So we have Renslayer with the she's talking to the timekeepers for the cold open, or like she's going in to meet with them. So like there we only saw the cartoon illustrations that Miss Minutes was telling us about them before. Now we're seeing them like okay, there's a room and that hmm? and the statues and the statues. We've seen the statues around too, yes. Um, we know that there's a bit of a conspiracy going on here. Oh no, but I I'm sorry, I skipped over the whole. The whole beginning scene which was the sylvie the sylvie flashback yeah, that's right. what starts this whole episode we get the the sylvie as the as the girl uh as the young girl playing her who i thought was very strong in her scenes um she also the, played young ray dave not good <laughs> young ray <laughs> yeah <laughs> who's that ray from um oh star wars yeah, yeah same girl I, I okay. also love how you said Star Wars. Yeah. Right. But okay, but here the whole scene, and we see the, the younger Renslayer as A23, as mentioned, who captures uh, the young Sylvie, 
who um you okay. know question see how her hair is super dark yeah is sylvie dyeing her hair when is she having time to do this <laughs> i don't know that's the question i need to ask but it's uh what? Her... <laughs> Since I, I mean, I have a, I have questions. Is she going to a hair salon at a different maybe. time? She's in, like, she's in movies and t and TV shows. So maybe she's able to change her aesthetic. Right, she's Loki, and the, they can do that kind of shit. Why? She's blonde in the future. Here, she's got dark hair. Why not cast a blonde girl? Is all I'm saying. <laughs> they liked people, her better. We saw the Star Wars performance, and they're <laughs> right. like, yes, "We need that." Yeah, we off the back that. of that Star Wars thing. Yeah, so. After you watching this whole backstory here with Sylvie, you have to be thinking like the TVA is kind of not good. Like that that her that her rage and her need for vengeance is understandable to a degree, um, and not even if you don't agree with the her her methods or that her need for vengeance, you can see that why she sort of has been turn into what she is like a murderer and a hypocrite and the other things that Kang points out to her when he meets her um, and, and can't get over her little thing. But th this was a traumatic experience and that's what this whole backstory does a lot to um, okay. establish. It also establishes the Renslayer to her connection as well. Another thing like uh, Sylvie can kind of shove it right back in Kang's face because she never she might have been a murderer regardless, but we'll never know because Kang was the one that put her on this path and, and and of course that's what she's gonna do like you know like of course she's going to rebel that's she's yeah chaotic. so he's complicit in her creation as yeah well. yeah so like you he know he can say her, that all he, yeah. he created her nexus event yeah he, we don't know what her her reality would have been like or her ending result as a character he plucked her out mm -hmm. he diverged her her life right so that was her nexus event that led her to the current situation. Like, like, like the thing is uh, that we're going to get to it, but in the last episode, like when he kills, when she kills him, like, I'm like, it makes sense, <laughs> you know, like, and I'm, yeah. you know, like it makes sense. So I'm not, I don't hate it, you know, but you also feel sad for her too at the same yeah. time, because yeah. the next version that she will meet, it's like, she can never be satiated in terms of her vengeance because there's always going to be another uh, version of who was responsible for her life that exists, right? So if there was ever, like, there was, we, we're not informed if there's ever a situation where Kang does not exist or right. a version of that. No, no, we don't know. So therefore... Um, she technically could have a situation where she never gets proper vengeance, a completed vengeance. Right. Perhaps. Okay. Yeah. Um. With then we go back to well, there's a whole conspiracy with C20 because she was the one that had been enchanted by, uh, by the older Sylvia, the grown-up Sylvie, and that no one's seen her that she she seemed to be okay when she came back but what she what we saw in the second episode which we kind of skipped over was she was like she would kept repeating like it's all real or and, and get into this whole thing that the that they are variants and that they have real lives before this or they have memories leading up to the point that they diverged from their particular uh timelines so that's set up 
But uh, Loki and Sylvie on Lamentis, uh, this is what creates this other nexus moment, this whole like ro romance that they have on, on uh, the world uh, that is enough to break time. What did you guys think of that? Like everything with Loki and Sylvie and, We'd and like their a, romance is is it their love like what what caused this crazy spike to go right toward that red line so they would have to stop that like what was it love was it was it kang was it was it a self they they're the thing with a loki for me is like they're a chaotic element that is necessary for other people, they say it multiple times in the show, but they're necessary for other people to be their best selves. Right. Right. And when the, these variant moments happen and the crazy multiverse, I think all that goes out the window. And and now Loki's are different. They're they're chaotic. They're, instead of being chaotic agents for the timeline, they're chaotic agents against the timeline, yeah. against the TVA. And, and instead of making you know, our heroes, the best versions of themselves, they become the best versions of their selves because it's they're they're not the villain anymore. They're the hero. True. Well, like this whole speech that Loki's giving her, like, you know, are are all us Loki's destined to lose? And right. she goes or does she ask that? And maybe she asked that. And he goes, Maybe, but we're always meant to survive. Right. Um and they're, they're making googly eyes at each other as this planet is coming around. Again, the, the visual effects very much as the first episode, but it's this whole like apocalypse and everything. The space of it all. Amazing. Um, but then we said the doors open up just as they're about to be destroyed and they get rescued by rescued by the TVA, but they're immediately like in custody. And uh, so, yes, they're alive, but things are not looking too good for them. And they're split up. Um, and Mobius and... You know, he gets to interrogate Loki throughout this next part, um, and they're they're they, they got they're a little bit bitter with each other. Um, Mobius is like, "You betrayed me. You should have. You didn't listen to me," and uh, and they end up putting uh, Loki into the time loop with Lady Sif, who makes an appearance in this episode, uh, who I don't think we've seen since like Thor two. Agents of Shield. Oh well, yeah, Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield doesn't count, sort of though. So it kind of counts, but sort of not really. Is that sort, sort of? Kevin Feige says it doesn't count, so I say it doesn't count. <laughs> but Nick Fury's in it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> after this, after this series, it counts. After this, it count. It counts again. Yeah. Okay. Well, well Lady Sif. At this point, you technically have everything on the table as being valid. Well, so Coulson, if, I think Coulson's not dead, so Loki's redeemed, or he could be a multiverse no. version of Coulson, or you no. know. See, you're getting you're getting confused by it. Just because Coulson's alive doesn't mean that this Loki is redeemed. Okay. Okay. Because his Coulson died. But he's not. He's he's only an attempted murderer, not a full murderer. Mm. Right. That like, yeah. Like... Loki, that other Loki that's in that Agents of Shield timeline, he's only attempted murderer. It's it's a, good, <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good point. The Loki that we have in this show literally just stabbed Phil Coulson through the back like a day ago. Yeah. Well, they referenced <laughs> that in the first episode. I know. Yeah, it was not that long ago for him, though. No, well, like I, I know, I know that the reason why, um, Jeff, you said that you know, Agents of Shield doesn't exist. Well, right, yeah. Agents of Shield when 
Kevin Feige was given was asked those questions, the mm-hmm. the the answer was always no. That you know that does not belong on this reality, this timeline, right? right? It doesn't exist, right? Right. That conversation that they they had in terms of you just recently about how timelines and multiverse works. I think that's him going, okay, now everything that happened previously is on the table for this time period. Right. And I think that's the conversation. He does. He doesn't want to confuse it. Like if he said, maybe people would, you know, be jumping to conclusions and would not take what happens as like, um, as a revelation, as opposed to like, oh yeah, it's just supposed to happen this way, right? Yep. So yeah, this right. is our main timeline, and now everything is branched out. So these are the branches, as opposed to hmm. like Ages of Shield is valid. No, it's a t- it's a branch timeline, so we can pluck elements from it going forward. Yep. I agree. I mean, if you want to look at that show as a branch timeline, perfect. I mean, it works now perfectly, like you said. Uh, but if you me, were stuck in a time loop of getting kicked in the balls by, you know, or so, what would your version of that be? Like um, having having to sit through um, Rise of Skywalker, going that to would... a going to a Polish mass. Yeah, <laughs> for forever. You just be the Polish mass. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, this was an. I thought this was another sadistic torture of the TVA, where they can put you into a time loop of your of a, an unpleasant memory. It, yeah, I get like it's unpleasant. It's also he's getting kicked in the nuts. Like it's, for it's not even just being the kicked in the nuts. It's mm. the the never ending put down. No matter yeah. what you do, always looked upon as and it, like what she says hurts him. It isn't yeah. just like the physical pain. It's also the emotional pain. Yep. Just repeated over and over again, right? Well, he said he had a, a glass of wine and a bath, and he didn't. He forgot all about it. But it was that. This is same like that was true. Yeah, correct. It's always nagging in his head. Okay, like, that this whole this whole moment too, like where he cut off her hair, and this is all from Norse mythology, and this is also from uh, the comics, but they never showed it in the first movie of Thor. But this this occurred before the th- first Thor movie, as far as I. I understand. And, and so like we never actually got to see this moment on camera in a movie, but it's kind of cool that they did this like because it yeah. did happen. Well, I think bringing her in for the show was fun. Um, I think know, it's just her reintroduction. Um, she's going to be in Love and Thunder. So well, and Lady yeah. Sif was in the comics is Lady Loki. Like it's Loki, at, you know, in her body or whatever. Right. So like yeah. they that is it, there's a bunch of nice references like they, they should inco- incorporate her. Could wait? Could Sophie be uh, Sylvie be Lady Sif, but adopted by um, maybe by Odin, or and... maybe originally adopted by Lafison and then adopted by Odin? You know, or something like that. Yeah, some some variation of it. Yeah, because that would explain the darker hair. And... Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Like, because all right, these shows, Dave. They don't do anything by accident. Nothing. And, and everything, every little clue, every little thing in the background, they put things in Cree language as clues. You know, like th- that's how detailed they are. 
Mm-hmm. And so for me, like like what Jamil just said, like why is the girl and the the young girl have dark dark hair and the and Sylvie have blonde hair? Yes, it looks dyed, but like when did she go? Did she go into the salon? Like they don't do anything by accident on the show. And maybe that that's a good theory. I like that. Uh, me too. Um, okay, so then there was also well, there was a a big interrogation scene after he got out of the time loop where where. Uh, Mobius was uh, sticking it to Loki. Uh, they 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 had a lot of angry words exchanged with them. This is a very tense moment in their friendship, I'd say. Um, you know, they they both feel betrayed by the other, and they're not really listening to each other. They're they're lying to each other. Where Loki says, "Yeah, I never. I was yeah, I was working with her the whole time, and I had plans with her, and kind of just trying to. He's making up a story. Then like, and then um, uh, Mobius says, "Yeah, and we pruned her because she was trying to get away. She killed a couple guards, and we had to kill her." Um, and, and you see the reaction from Loki there. You see how, how that affects him. Then how Mobius reacts to that, where he's like, this is like the craziest thing ever. No wonder you broke the universe, where you're in love with a version of yourself. How narcissistic um, are you? How, how narcissistic? This is, this is a new form of narcissistic, like a sick level. I think yeah. it's really the opposite. Like, I, I mean, really, I think it's the fa- I think he's super vulnerable. And, and he, the the Loki that we know from the movies, would laugh at this, but he got to see behind the curtain. He got to like go down the yellow brick road, and and he got to see everything, and that changes a person or a character or whatever. It changes you, and and so for people to like like I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts about this show, and for people to dismiss. You know, learning that I think is is not being realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, what about the scene with uh, B fifteen and Sylvie, where B fifteen this is this becomes an important plot point because B fifteen was enchanted in that mall in Alabama in episode two, and that stuck with her, yeah. similar to what happened to C twenty, yeah. but not as deep, right? She wasn't as like her her past life wasn't as awoken, but she explores that. So she she takes uh, Sylvie out of custody and takes her back to that rainstorm hurricane in 2050 uh, so that she can enchant her again. So because her powers won't work in the TVA. Right. So she's like, Oh, I get it. We're going to have a fair fight. But then there's kind of a line there where she says, we're the same. We're all variants. You and I, I am not your enemy. You, you hunt us like we're, we're animals, but we're your variants too. Um, and we're all innocent. You know why they went back to that moment, right? Why? That, why do you think? Why do you think, Joe? Because it's already a Nexus event, so right. they won't impact the timeline. So it's kind of already sanitized right. that they can work in that time frame, and they don't have to explain it to us either. They can just—we yeah. already know that's like, oh, this is a different apocalypse event. Like they could have went to Pompeii, but that would have made no sense because, um, you know, C fifteen hadn't been there yet, or B fifteen, sorry. You know, she hadn't been there yet, so it makes sense that she chose that moment because she. I don't know if she knew like that theory. Like, did they say that to her directly about the apocalypse theory? Because we really only see Loki and Mobius deal with that idea. Um, I, 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 not, not on camera. Like, oh, no, in- no, 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 I'm wrong. They definitely do talk about it because, um, see, B15 talks about like, this is where we're going. There's a hurricane. She does, like, she has a whole exposition. Yeah, she does that whole briefing before they go on the mission. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, there's also this scene right after with Renslayer and Mobius in her office. This is the one where he'll eventually like switch their temp pads by the end because he's having a lot of doubts about what's going on here. He's a lot of things Loki's telling him that look that he learned from Sylvie are starting to rattle around in his brain. He doesn't really know um, if he can trust this organization, but he, and his friendship with with Renslayer is clearly important. Um, it's you know, uh, despite the fact that he ruins her furniture by not using coasters, um, <laughs> but she 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 asks him like, if you could go anywhere, anytime, any place, what would you do? And he's like, I can go anywhere, anytime, any place, but you know, uh, this whole thing with the yeah. the jet doesn't skis, wanna, he, he doesn't want to start a Nexus event. You know. He doesn't want to start a Nexus event yet, but he, like, uh, it was it was set up earlier, maybe as early as episode two, where he's like, yeah, I really want a jet ski, and they, they, it, we think that this is probably some something he's tied to in his past life before he was TV turned into a TVA agent. But yeah, yeah, in the early '90s, which makes me think maybe he's connected to Captain Marvel, and maybe we will see him in a Captain Marvel movie at some point. Maybe he was an agent of Shield, and maybe that as well. Yeah. Maybe I, he could be, or he could just been a regular, average nobody that just yep. was wrong place, wrong time, and ended up here. Can we talk about this this room that you have up on here and this scene? Sure. The okay, so as we know at the end, right? There's only one Kang statue, right? But in, in this room, we have the three statues of the three timekeepers because at this point, that's the facade that is going on, right? Mm-hmm. The middle statue is the most prominent. Like if you look at the other two, they're kind of like they're angled right like they're the middle one is the most important this leads me to the theory to think that Renslayer knows what's going on and, and i know she she plays it like she doesn't but that doesn't mean she doesn't you know like when she goes through that 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 final time portal in the last episode it seemed like she knew what she was doing you know like that that's how i took it anyway i don't know what you so guys. i think that throughout this series We've seen hints at the importance of the middle timekeeper. Yeah. Um, in the credits, uh, one of the last scenes before it gets to the end of the credits is the close-up of the face of the right. the of that same one who is very similar to he who remains as well. Um, so, uh, and it it also plays into the ending of this episode and the song. Um, the lyrics of if you love me that's heavily emphasized is that last image as well of that middle timekeeper right aka who he he remains remains. which renslayer is romantically involved with that character and we also like we we think about it as it's a reference to loki and sylvie but maybe it's not maybe it's actually a reference to to renslayer And, and her undying support of that love it's like it doesn't matter you put me in this position it doesn't matter to me i don't care i you know i know you love me right so undying yeah (laughs) (laughs) realities come and go and fall and resets happen but i know that you love me and that's all i need so maybe she it's a past reset this love that occurred and her being a variant is put in charge because of that previous connection to a variant of Kang, right? But he knows that the connection is there, right? And every single reset, let's say she's updated. And let's say if you're a blank slate and you're told you love this person, this person loves you, 
you guys can't be together and this is the reason why he needs you here and he it's like Romeo and Juliet where they can't be together right and mm. the ending is her saying right. you know what I'm gonna have my I'm gonna get the love that I deserve and you know I'm gonna go seek out this love yeah right? I could see that 100% I could see that I, there's more she knows that she's telling Mobius or telling anybody even B15 when she's talking to her she's lying a lot of the time yeah and, but the line could be she only knows part of the answer right. so when she asks questions she veils it in a, a, a like I don't know what you're talking about or right. I know what you're talking about please tell me what you know right, right? she's she's right. like absorbing the information as so, well yeah. So she can go tell Kangs, this is what's going on, blah, blah, you know, whatever. But she said, we, we see in the, like, like yeah, like, uh, she she doesn't talk to Kang directly. She talks through Miss Minutes to him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But the thing is, we don't know if she knows. She, you know, she's acting like she doesn't, but that doesn't mean she doesn't. You know, Maybe. it's pretty confusing to act like you don't know to the talking she, clock when she, cartoon. When she talks to Miss Minutes, she's in front of Sylvie. So, like not every are, time uh there's one moment that she's not yes but she's just asking for files i believe at that moment or something like that that's in the next episode yeah okay uh, um okay so this whole thing mobius steals the tempad he sees the video of the the uh the c20 interrogation which is like which i find funny because it's like this is, what if there was video screens in the 1970s aesthetic or there were handheld devices in the 1970s aesthetic it's kind of interesting to see that or kind of a 1980s a little too. like this yeah but uh, this is like he goes in, he finds Loki, and the again getting his nuts kicked by Sif. Uh, you know, he's 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 it's this. this I, I fell for him. I was like, You are a changed man now, Loki. After this, I don't know how long, how many times you had to endure this, but it seemed like a lot. Uh, so they get out, and pretty much they're encountered by uh Renslayer uh, and her 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 hunters, and uh. It's kind of a really tense moment, and Mobius gets gets pruned here, gets disintegrated seemingly, um, really quickly, and we're like, "What?" One of you the know, best, and he, one of the best scenes, dramatic scenes in the show. When, when this is why I say it's like for me the best episode because like when Mobius does that whole, you know where I'd go, wherever the fuck I'm from, and I'd ride a jet ski. <laughs> like that whole moment is so fantastic, so well acted, delivered, everything. It's like chef's kiss are you jeff you gotta stop hitting your microphone stand sorry, so much sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's like so you're loud like, every you're, you're, you're like, like hit it all the time i'm like what are you doing uh renslayer then uh so she so so mobius is pruned the performances between these two are everyone in the scene is great um and then renslayer then proceeds to take loki and um uh sylvie up to the timekeepers because to see their pruning officially and this this is where she's like i don't remember your um your nexus event i love i love how she just goes what do you want to say to me variant you know yeah and and she knows she knows more than most that she's herself a variant as well does she know that yes because she knows c20 knew and she was remember she was at the video at the end of that video going oh let's turn this off right so cover up, cover up yeah right 
Yeah, so she's more about like she wants she even though there's there's some lies in the TVA, like Renslayer's willing to cover those up for the greater good. That's the way the she sees good. it. Yeah. Um, but this whole scene in the elevator, uh, it's pretty cold and it's pretty it's pretty um uh gloomy, I guess. Um and then they get in there. I, I don't have a shot of the of those robot timekeepers, but they were something, hey. I couldn't understand them. The, the audio, like, I really had to, like, go watch it again. I, I had to put it on with subtitles. The first time without the subtitles, I couldn't really follow because it was so echoey. Yeah. It was hard to, like, put together what their mouths were moving, what words were coming out. Once you listen to it or watch it with the subtitles, it's easy, um, you know, to kind of make have the reference point to the sounds because the other characters in the setting don't have that echo echoiness to them. No. Like, yeah, I there's that that was a problem for me. Like the the sound part, like that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't have to use subtitles to understand. I right. I, I I always watch these shows with subtitles. I so it wasn't really that much of an issue with me. It, when when um when you saw them for the first time on the first watch, and, you, and were you were like, this can't be real. These can't be the time. This like, can't be what. It, oh what my we're, god! They're tying it into Bill and Ted's, and you know they're the. I expected them to go like this. Right. <laughs> in time. That's such a good, yeah. good point. Like Bill and Ted's another uh, like movie universe that is very similar to what's going on here. Yeah, with the TVA. Just... Yeah. yeah, it is. Basically. Oh yeah, they're borrowing from a, a few things here. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it, it definitely looked like those like futuristic leader people from Bill and Ted uh, up there, except that they look like lizard people. Or lizard bots, and like when I was watching it again, like and listening there, they, I don't know, the the dialogue between the two Lokis and these guys are is kind of whatever. But I, um, they don't really establish this. But are we to believe that those three, I guess they're puppets, really, those timekeeper puppets, are they controlled by Kang from the Citadel? Um, yeah, they're probably controlled by Miss Minutes. Be my guess. They can be. They're not really important at all. Why, why but, but, representations of Kang? Why, when Sylvie chops the middle one's head off, why do they laugh? Why do they? I, be, I think because all three are controlled by Kang, yeah, from the Citadel. I think when he's like, he's just laughing at the fact that uh, it cut off the head, and he's like, you know, he because this whole thing where he's in, he's impressed with the two Lokis and he wants them to either kill him or be his successors or both, right? right? Uh, that's ultimately where this is heading. So I feel like this is like an in, like almost like a job interview in some ways for for when the, the both of them. The head gets cut off. If you um, listen closely, you hear the head say, "See you soon." Oh, do you? I didn't pick up on that because there was this. Uh, we didn't also talk about like well when uh, B fifteen shows up and she was just like because she's like gone full rebel at this point. And she's like, for all time, always. And then she hits the guy. And then like, they, 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 there's this whole battle with the Lokis and like the, the guards and everything else that goes on. Right? I think this is before they even cut the head off. But yeah. um, that was kind of a real badass fun moment. And yeah, I was like, oh, I like this character, this B-15 more now. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. What a fantastic actress she is. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get the scene later when she, her and uh, Renslayer talk to each other. But um yeah, so good. So such a great moment. You're right, Dave. When she comes in and hits the collars off, and yeah, yeah, she's just like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, she's a 
also it's kind of weird that like okay she like kind of like fights two people and then she gets knocked out and she's just laying on the ground and you know like, nobody deals with her during the whole fight it's like <laughs> it is well yeah, yeah she's they, they they they're like not a priority i had to watch it like multiple times i'm like what happened to b15 like why is she like just out of the fight like right after she hits basically the the collars off like she hits she fights two guys and then all of a sudden she's on the ground and she's out cold (laughs) and that's why she just got knocked out early in yeah like that's that's yeah but they don't really show her get knocked out she just falls down (laughs) so it's like oh i mean and then we get to this ending here for this episode where uh, Loki is about to sort of pour his heart out for um, for Sylvie and kind of explain what happened on Lamentus and all these things. But before he can, he gets pruned himself and our main character is seemingly killed here uh, right before the credits. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, Owen, I'm still getting over Owen Wilson at this point. And this is an homage to the WandaVision um scene where where vision disappears very similar well and some people have pointed out that like some of this technology with the pruning kind of looks like this the um like this dr strange sling ring effect a little bit and things like that so it may be more of a portal than it is a a disintegration that we could have with the the hints were maybe there from the beginning yeah Yeah, it does kind of look like the sling ring it does Right. Um, but we think Loki's dead. And then quickly, uh, Sylvie turns the, the tides on um, on Renslayer. And, you know, she's like, you're going to tell me everything because Renslayer at first says, kill me. But she's like, no, I want to know what's going to happen. We get that whole musical thing. I'm sitting there watching this credits. It was like, let it happen, darling. Was that the song? Or is that no. what they were? No, no. Oh. So it's um, If You Love Me by Brenda Lee. Fun fact. Fun facts with Jeff coming at you. Brenda Lee is the fourth highest solo artist, uh, selling solo artist of all time. Can't, couldn't believe it when I looked it up. Could not believe it. I'm like, who the hell is Brenda Lee? Um, apparently, in the 60s and 70s, she was like the biggest country star, like next to Elvis. <laughs> so there you go. Her and Patsy Cline were like, yeah, going blow for blow. Yeah, until and then we got the credit scene where we see that oh Loki is not dead, but instead we see um it's these three Loki variants up on of there. I don't have the one of all three of them with the Boastville, but this is some of them there. The a couple of them there. Jamil's already got the Funkos for these different Loki or variants. Versions of those versions. I haven't right. got the Loki official TV show versions of them. And if you watched it with the credits, you would also know that uh, when Loki says, is this hell? He says it H-E-L, not with the two L's. Where hell is from. Where hell is from. Okay, so Journey into Mystery is our next uh, fifth episode. (laughs) We're coming up in two hours and 25 minutes. Maybe we can can try to wrap this up as quickly as we can. But um, the the fifth episode is called Journey into Mystery, and that's very much like this is a lot of reveals. What's been happening? What's the TVA? What's the void? Where do you go when you're pruned? A lot of that gets explained here. Loki wakes up. Um, We get the, the... Timekeepers. We got uh, Sylvie and Wrench. Sorry, what is her name? Is uh, Judge Renova Renslayer. Renslayer. Um, and this whole thing about Eliath is also revealed in what, like, we see Eliath for the first time. And uh, classic Loki explains that's Eliath, and he's hungry, and we're lunch, and we need to get out of here. <laughs> and 
did you guys enjoy all these other Loki variants that we got to meet, including we had uh, Alligator Oak Loki, who may may or may not be a Loki. They don't not they're not sure. Okay, this this one was known as Boastful Loki, although yeah. I found that all the Lokis were sort of boastful. Yeah, but he was say, he, was he was boasting that he was he killed um, Thor, but he was like his his boast was so over the top, like mm-hmm. he got all of the Infinity Stones. Yes, that's why your um, your Milnior is like what is it um, a piston and right. part of a, a train track. I, yeah. I I find it highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. Yeah, he's a big liar, is what he is. He's a backstabber. Yeah. He's like he's kind of like all the really bad qualities of Loki wrapped up in the one. What did you think of Kid Loki? Kid Loki was very interesting because you know, like he killed Thor when he was you know a kid, but he he kind of just seems like this is my my penance. Like he kind of understood like why he was where he was. Yeah, like he he, he wasn't really fighting it. He seems he seems a lot more mature for his age. Yeah, that's played by Jack Veal. And then finally, uh, too much to the, the delight of many fans, we had Richard E. Grant in the role of classic, classic. Loki, wearing that classic comic book look uh, with that bright colors. Uh, he's very good in this. Um, a lot of fun. This whole this whole episode where they're where they're going through the different world and dealing with the different versions of Loki and different things that we got here. Um, oh, that's more of that. Sorry. Okay, we got these guys. But, um, like, there was the, the whole thing with um, also with Sylvie and Renslayer and Miss Minutes and Sy- Sylvie self-pruning herself to chase uh, Loki here because that's what Renslayer kind of explains is that well when you're pruned you don't actually die you go to this garbage dump called the void at the end of time etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, we see that Miss Minutes is a little bit maybe more complicit a little bit more knows yes. more than she does the way she's stalling with looking up the files through a lot of it and we see how treacherous Renslayer really is how quickly she'll flip on you um, and then we talked about the Loki's trading the stories uh, how Loki, the classic Loki, faked his death. We've we've mentioned, um, and then Mobius uh, ends up saving the pruned uh, Sylvie with his little pizza car. Where's that? Uh, I think I have a picture of that. Pizza time in the pizza car. So these two team out for a, a good part of this episode too. Can I can I ask a question? Why the pizza car? Like, why do you think? Like, like I said, no, these guys don't do anything not on purpose. Why the pizza car? Like, I don't know. Like, I wonder. I wonder maybe, why they why the pizza car. Maybe in uh, Spider Man um, No Way Home, mm. uh, Peter Parker has his part time pizza job, and that is the vehicle that's in it. I won't because be surprised can, if this shows up in a future thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we go, oh, something happens, and a decision results in it getting pruned. It could be yeah, that. Yeah, could be. Yeah, I could see. Uh, okay, so let's also t- mention uh, here. We we also got to meet President Loki, who we thought was going to be our Loki, but he's not. He's just another variant that they run in here into the TVA. Right. Uh, he ends up getting his hand bitten off by Loki, al- Alligator Loki. Um, did you guys enjoy him? 
and his little gang and the little treacherous thing and uh, and Howard's reference. I, I enjoyed our Loki like covering his face more and like just being embarrassed by himself. Like <laughs> I enjoyed that the most. Yeah, he's like, oh, because he kind of recognizes himself in this version, like that this is kind of who he used to be a little bit more. Yeah, it's who he is during the movies, pretty much, right? Yeah. Like, right. Um, but, yeah, but you bring up an interesting point. You, he can kind of see what what Sylvie is talking about, seeing himself in these just absurd versions, right? That you can't help but feel embarrassed or disgusted by your worst traits just emphasize and magnified. Well, you can only see your flaws in people like you or in yourself, right? And Leah, like I was saying, like the present, the future, the past sort of embodied in the alligator, I guess. I don't know what, spirit I, animal, I Again, suppose. this is not a mistake. They, they put that frame you have up there right there, Dave, is on purpose. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, 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 that the three stages of a man's life, you think about like Star Trek The Next Generation is all good things and yep. the different things that like uh, I feel like maybe uh, were themes that they were kind of coming back to here. Um, and then everyone. Uh, the, he, so but then Loki are the main are the main Loki, I guess. He's like, we're going to kill Elioth. We're going to if, if it eats something, it can die. And we're going to kill it. And they're like, yeah. sure. I love, I, I love Sylvie's reaction to that. That was your plan. <laughs> that was your plan and then those guys were like well we had our doubts we weren't really fully on board with it we we're just kind of going along we had nothing better to do and i don't know so yeah that that like you guys said like oh kind of the early sylvie stuff kind of bothered me or whatever but like she, this is the episode where i really like started to love sylvie well yeah and the relationship right uh marauders and because okay because when sylvie and uh and and um mobius show up uh, they go, uh oh, who's in the car? It's a sign of cannibalistic marauders or cannibalistic pirates. Yeah, they're gonna eat you either way. Yeah, but I was like, cannibalistic pirates wouldn't show up in a car. Wouldn't they be at sea? What's the difference between a marauder and a pirate? Is a I don't know. Land and pirates I, I think a marauder is a land-based thing. Could be mistaken though. Yeah. I, I'm not up on my pillaging terms. Hmm. For now. For now give it time you can always learn a new skill so yeah anyway uh oh yeah okay so the, she's like we're going to enchant it that's what we're going to do mm-hmm. we're going to enchant uh Elioth. and i think to your point like you started liking her here she's like yeah we got a plan we're going to do all this um well but they they also they saw they watched the monster kill that ship of sailors or whatever right right too? right and then they have that scene it's a very long scene in this episode where Loki and Sylvie kind of have like a, a blanket moment, like, hey, you're cold. Here, here you go. Like, they have that whole moment. Which, if Sylvie was a frost giant, she wouldn't feel cold. Right, right. Which is why I questioned that. Nor would Loki. Well, Loki seemed like he had an intention of doing that to get closer to her, as opposed to Sylvie, who was actually cold. Or Like, was she trying to get closer to him? I don't get that impression, and that isn't the impression that we've been given throughout this entire series. No, she's like went like in the episode before when Loki's spilling the beans to her and kind of about to say he loves her or whatever. She's like, "What? <laughs> you know? yeah. What do you want? Like, yeah, yeah." Um, the whole ending of this episode is quite amazing with the action. The fact that Richard Grant creates like this distraction as they try to uh, do this um, enchantment. Glorious purpose. Glorious purpose. But Elioth eats him. 
the whole the whole sequence the the action it's as good as any marvel movie ever like it's a really the music everything really works together and that the fact that these two had to work together in order to achieve this goal we see like the heavens open up and we and and the citadel uh on the other side of it yeah it's, uh, no, and it's so wizard of oz by the way this whole episode like especially at the end it's so wizard of oz and yeah and they walk into that like into that distance right um into that like what there's going to be answers on the other side of this uh, next week you know it's kind of like this feeling you're left with like this cliffhanger because they did it right and yeah you're sad about classic loki but you're like he was worth it the sacrifice was worth it <laughs> we don't know like, we don't know what happened that. no we and, and, and he lived a long life like he he explains we didn't even get to this but he explains like um yeah like they fake his stuff with thanos but after that he like basically flies through space for a while, lands on a planet by himself, lives by himself for like a long, long time. And then he's like, I got bored and I wanted to leave and I wanted to go experience life. You know, I was tired of hiding. And the whole moment here where he comes, he originally says, I'm not going to help you. And then he comes back and, and kind of that same moment, like he went into isolation. This is my home. I, I, it's all about survival and self-preservation. And then he's like, you know what? Saw it all that. I, screw yeah. it. I'm gonna help these people because this feels right. He's a good guy. Like he, 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 he explains it multiple times. Like that, he, he went past that treachery, mischief, Loki version of himself, and he was like, it's all nonsense basically is what that was his opinion and i think that's important i think it's important to understand that the more loki goes through his life the more he starts to realize that he's just playing a role and he he it's not worth it mm-hmm. but that's how i took it anyway yeah okay let's talk about maybe the next episode too which was uh for all time always for all time don't forget the always is it oh is uh, it I thought it was for all time like comma always is it is it for all time period always I believe I, so I always I, yeah I always yeah I've always taken it as it's like a colon response It's a it's a semicolon <laughs> It's no it's just a, it's it's like for all time always always Oh so it is a period okay so this is where we left off. We're at the Citadel. It's 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 a quite amazing thing. A lot of I saw a lot of analysts on, online where they're like, "Well, it's kind of built out of like this asteroid that it's floating on top of, and it looks like it was kind of built out of the same material as the asteroid, but it kind of looks like an old castle too, and everything else." Um, this whole this whole episode, there's quite a bit going on, but it's mostly the two Lokis at the Citadel talking to he he who remains um did you guys like this episode's a lot of talking did did it remind you of like maybe when neo meets the architect in matrix revolutions but but better it is better better. (laughs) it is better when i was a kid when i saw that you know i mean first of all matrix 2 we can go through a whole bunch of different things of why that movie's not amazing it had a lot of good ideas or whatever but yeah like the execution wasn't quite right the execution here is pretty good right? yes pretty, yeah you know? uh, also the this this she's uh shot you have here dave of time see that like ribbon it's going around in a circle 
Yeah. So time is not a line. It's actually a circle. It's a cycle? It's a cycle. But uh, that yeah. that's what this proved to be. Anyway, I don't know how you guys took it. Which makes sense because um, the resets. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, because they saw like that as the things were happening here where that new branches were forming, that there was sort of a new rebirth to the multiverse potentially here, hence his variants coming back and potentially being not so nice. Um, there was this whole scene too where like Loki and uh, Sylvie were like at the front door basically and trying to decide if they were to go in for a bit. What a great jump scare with this minutes that they, that they did. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. When she shows I up in like the, they kind of, they eventually go through and then like the door and then you're like, they're looking around and then finally miss minutes shows up. She goes, howdy. Yeah. And so, I was like, I knew it. And I thought for a second, she, what it was miss minutes was the big bad. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. I knew she was. I, I knew they were going to do something different than just miss minutes being the big bad. But like, I, I was kind of surprised that they were going to do Kang when they did them because like i know he's supposed to be in the new ant-man and the wasp movie so obviously like it's it, it, and they didn't call him king but it's the same actor no. and because and... technically he isn't king oh right <laughs> i mean he's a variant king's another variant yes king's a different variant he's just he who remains so correct and then and nathaniel richards is probably a different variant yes you know? and and so is um he who remains yeah so yeah yeah, yeah so there's many many versions um well we talked about those timekeepers yeah so here he is um really great performance uh what's this act uh, uh, jonathan majors yeah jonathan majors oh my god yeah so good such a great actor i mean really just eat you know carries this episode for for a show that has been entirely about kind of two characters sylvie and loki um it's he has a majority of speaking lines in this in this episode and, and a lot for, of concepts that are just out there that in a lesser performer's hands would come off across as hokey or mm. uh, over the top but it it seemed like there's a sadness in it and a, a giddiness of it a, a excitement at parts of like a change like yeah. you really run the, the gamut of like different emotions and different feelings throughout this entire performance it's kind of like like to me i kind of like compare it to like kang or he remains whatever you want to call him gets he's getting to the end of the book and the book's about to end and he's getting excited like he's like, I already know. I've read this book a thousand times, but I'm about to get to the end of the book again. Well, he's about, and he's about to learn something new for the first time in a long time. Yeah, and what happens? What happens? And it's so exciting for him because he already is preventing all the things he knows is going to happen and it's going to screw everything up. But he doesn't know what's going to happen after a certain moment in time, and he, he explains when that moment happens. And, and I don't know. I love it. I, I just really like the way he 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 explains everything that's going on in a great way because he has to the the other loki's the two loki's sylvie and loki don't understand what the hell's going on really so he has to explain it yeah and they keep trying to kill him um and he keeps like teleporting out of the way because as we find out he knows exactly what's gonna happen he knows everything they're gonna say even that like that offer he makes to them well, like well, you can both be on the timeline, and you can have everything you've ever wanted. He knows they're going to say no. He already yeah. like it's it, it's not a real offer in that sense because, but it's part of the process. It's because it is what happened. Yeah, it's what yeah, what it's kind of like lost. You know, whatever happened happened. 
you know so he knows that yeah exactly they're gonna say this he's gonna say that in reply and that's just the way it is it just leads to the next scene yeah uh he's eating an apple through a lot of the scene uh which you know is always a a a trademark of somebody being a dick um or cocky and also talking about time because that's how dr strange yeah you know showed time reversing upon itself and a goodwill hunting yes how about them apples them apples and also um the apple lesson of how miss menace was explaining the timeline mm-hmm. to loki in i think episode three right and it's also Sorry, a reference episode two. it's also a reference to adam and eve because loki and sylvie are are made of the same thing like that's the whole story of adam and eve that god fashioned uh eve from adam's rib and you know like that's the whole story of adam and eve so like yeah there's a whole bunch of references going on oh yeah yeah, really interesting. Uh, also, just there's there's kind of another storyline that's happening while Loki and Sylvie are talking to uh, He Who Should Remains, which is, I guess, more of this like Mobius and Renslayer kind of thing. Because Mobius comes back from the void, he was he was saved. We we kind of skipped over it, but there was a nice hug in the last episode between Loki and uh, Mobius and whatever. So, so but He's Mobius said he was coming here to burn He's, the place down. Yeah, burn it He's down. His favorite. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, "Are you here to prove me?" He's like, "I like that idea. I like it a lot." But <laughs> I've got to—I—I I think my standards are going to be better than yours. Um, isn't it interesting? She, isn't it interesting? Like he at one point he does try to prune her or whatever, right? And and she does the exact same move that Sylvie basically did to her. She's learning. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, is she learning, or is Sylvie just a way better, you know, like like hand to hand, hand to hand yeah. martial arts? And Renslayer is just better than mobius and but you, know, you would right? also think that mobius is not gonna like renslayer was a, a hunter mobius is just an right. just an investigator an agent yeah, so you would agent. assume that she would want him in comparison yeah. yeah yeah good point uh yeah like i just thought like i thought that their scene i thought the way it capped off i thought her little speech about how uh well they, they talked about how they were exposing the, the whole variant thing to the tva guards and everything else uh through B, b15 went to that uh, fremont ohio thing and she says that there's no such thing as free will free will only exists for the person in charge and that's kind of what Renslayer believes. Uh, plus, she was given information from Miss Minutes, which we also skipped over. Where you know, I guess coming from he who sh- who remains, the Nathan Richards variant, saying like, "Hey, you need to get out of there, and this is where you go." So we don't know what happens to Renslayer exactly, other than she was sort of given a place to hide potentially, or she was meeting her potential new love interest, the one who conquered. The, the one who conquers yeah potentially yes um we'll see i i expect we'll see back renslayer in season two along with all these characters and maybe a lot more uh jonathan majors i would i would expect as well uh do we need jonathan majors in season two not really i don't know if we need him but i expect he's going to be in season two quite a bit it depends what they do in ant-man you know yeah. and wasp you know it really does or this depends. takes place before or well after. just the way that he set it up he's like there are so many of my evil variants out there and whatever like i don't think they're gonna tease that and not pay it off like we're gonna see that i do think it's important like some of the things that he says to them too like one is that he's from the 31st century mm-hmm. that he's a scientist that there are certain things he says to them 
that points to me that he is Nathaniel Richards. Yes. That, you know, that he is the descendant of, yeah, Reed Richards and, and Sue Storm. Which is crazy because we haven't even met Reed Richards in the MCU yet, at least. <laughs> but we're getting his descendant here first, who, who also in the comic books may also be a descendant of Doctor Doom. Yes, there's a bunch yes. of different things going on. But yeah, it's so great because they and I love that they don't really name who he is and, and make it it's ambiguous. not important right now. Right. But it's going to be. So you're setting up a whole new. He's almost like the new big bad. Uh, and he this is, is he's the new Thanos. And it's not this guy. He died. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's it's the versions of him. Well, and one other thing I will say, the Flash and the CW and all the Berlantiverse and things like that. But like with the, um, with the with like the Thon character, or I guess it's more the uh, not the Thon, the um, the other one he pretends to be. Um, uh, you know who I mean. But Tom yeah. Cavanaugh plays him on the Flash. Um, Tom Cavanaugh, the actor, he plays, but he plays like the multi versions of this same guy like this is earth one's version or two he does it more than any of the other actors on that show and you can have a lot of fun with that but then it can also become quite hokey and kind of not as entertaining so they have to show some restraint with how many variants you do how many silly variants you're, you're going to throw into things um because you know even when we were seeing like there was a hulk loki and there was a this loki and there's an alligator loki and i'm like okay but um so how many versions of this Nathan Richards are we going to get, you know, eventually? Wells. Lots. lots. Wells. Wells. Oh, I'm Wells. sorry. I was like, sorry. I had to, I couldn't, I couldn't. Cause he's almost like a, this character that we meet in this episode, he's like almost like a Q, like a godlike omnipotent being doesn't seem like a man, but he's eating an apple. And Loki says, you're just a guy. You're just, a, you know, he, he also says he's a lot older than he looks. Um, that, that somehow aging maybe is uh, you know he he's lived a million lifetimes. He also says in, in dialogue. But Kid Loki is not aged at all. He, yeah, he's the, they live like outside of time. Like like we kind of see that through like Renslayer and Mobius and like different characters. It's like where are they really from? Like also we didn't mention this, but like um, Sylvie says that Steve oh, Twenty. No. Is from hundreds of years in the past. Yet they're having margaritas, which what looks like to be in the early nineties. Isn't that weird? Like, right. You... So, but like, let's say you were taken out of the nineteen nineties, Jeff, and then you were made a TV agent. You would stop aging. Right. Right. And it might have been uh, you could work there ago. for hundreds of years. It yeah. could have been hundreds of years ago because it might have been a different timeline. If if time is going in a circle, and each yeah. time, like you know, it gets to the end of the circle, it starts anew. That might be right because you're on. you're thinking your your logic is like oh well all the TVA recruits would have to be from prior to 2021 because right. we're this show was kind of set in 2021 but not really it's uh, set in 2022 or 20 it's set in the future a little bit well it's kind of set in 2012 in the sense that right. that's where it starts you know right. but yeah, but the time in between that period and when they uh, come up for breath right that that could be a never-ending time this the, the period of what we see loki could have ha happened over 500 years right so imagine imagine you are one of these variants right and you get first of all once you get your mind wiped right you know maybe you were like let's say i'm this age i'm 38 years old like i get turned into a tv agent after if you're like renslayer who's maybe been doing this for eons 
are you really that person that you started off? Even if you got your memories back from your original life, you wouldn't be that person anymore because, you know, it's... What, what I suspect is that elements from your personality, from your original timeline, they just become quirks. Like, so Owen Wilson's um, Morbius was, you know, a surfer dude who, like... A, uh, a shield agent who used to surf all the time and now the only remnants of that whole persona is just like i want a jet ski i, I would love to jet ski this is what he, I. he needs a vacation you know he's a workaholic oh well, yeah yeah um okay and and then w the whole thing with sylvie and loki at the end the whole ending where he's like okay here there's two options Either you kill me and you take, uh, you kill me and you unleash the, this multiversal war and you unleash all my variants, and who knows what happens, or you just take over, you just take the throne. Uh, but what I didn't get is if, okay, you take over, right, and you take the throne, so to speak, you run the TVA instead of me. Where does he go if, he, if, that, if that happened? If they had made that choice instead of like ultimately Sylvie kills him after she drops Loki through a portal. But if they had said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll take over now. I think he, he could go wherever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. He could just retire. He could get the jet ski. I think, yeah, that would have been a cool way to end the, actually end it. Instead of killing him, like he's just like riding around on a jet ski. He just retires. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think about the conundrum though? But the argument between Loki and Sylvie, like, like where Loki's trying to say it to Sylvie, like, maybe we should run the tva like maybe well he's he's it's not even that he really wants to run the tva although i think he kind of does he's but saying I, it to her like we're gonna unleash something here that's worse than our the fate that we've already had you know well he's also had the experience of avengers one right and he knows that like he got in he got he made this deal with thanos and you see it in Avengers 1 where, where Thor goes, like, look what you did. Like, look, at you're destroying this entire city, this, you know, and and you see that Loki's like, eh, I, I, maybe I shouldn't have done this, you know, and uh, because I was just angry. My vengeance, my need to get vengeance against my father and everybody I blame for my problems and whatever clouded everything. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, he's trying to he's trying yeah i agree with you dave because he's trying to say to sylvie like i've been where you are i know what you're feeling like i think these are exact dialogue things that he says to her and and, and like it makes sense because like yeah you're right dave he has had way different lived experience than sylvie has sylvie has been a girl on the run through time since she was a young young girl loki grew up to be an adult had Thor as a friend, was a uh, was on his side, turned on him, turned on Odin. There's so many, they're very different storylines, you yeah. know? And and it makes sense that they have different points of view on this huge, huge moment that both of them were wronged by the TVA. He even says that to her as well. He's like, we were both screwed over by the TVA. But maybe what lies for us on the other side of this vengeance door is worse. Well, he's like, yeah. you remove the dictator. What's, you know, sometimes what, what comes after is not better. It's a power vacuum. And it's actually a great metaphor for like, like literally modern day. And like what happens when they, they do remove dictators and what happens to countries. Um, yeah, it's power vacuums occur. And then the, the country is usually worse off. It's yeah. a great metaphor for the universe. If you do, you take away the big dictator, he who remains, 
and there's a power vacuum guess what chaos you know mm-hmm. that's what's going to end up happening right um i it's also some pretty good like action too between these two a lot of emotional it's, it's pretty scene and then eventually like loki just throws it away and says you know i don't want to hurt you and she kind of stops from cutting him in half or so with her blade but she's they like as uh, i think it was a b15 who uh, said to renslayer in, in in the earlier episode was like she is vengeance she she doesn't just want answers she needs answers and she needs resolution and she needs this and your her motivations make sense for who she is and what her story is and so do his yeah so it, it all culminates here and uh, i just like how like he who, who remains is just like He's just amused by the whole thing. He's just like, I don't know what's going to happen. Let's see. Like, I might die. I might not. He doesn't care. Um, But at that point, he's also tired of the Yeah, that's what he says. That's his literal line. He says, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. I've seen everything. I don't care anymore, basically. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? And he's like, you better hurry. There's new timelines forming. We're going to get going. Um, A new branch is forming. But she drops him through the portal. He ends up in the TVA. Hmm? After the kiss, they kissed. Mm-hmm. Did they kiss? Yeah. Did she kiss? Yes, him? you don't. You block all this out, Jamil. You don't did, want to believe that no. this is a great romance. Did, I kind of see what Jamil's saying. Did she kiss him because she had romantic feelings for him, or did yes? She okay, that's what your opinion. Yeah, I think me and Jamil are kind of on the same page here. That that Loki uh, has feelings for her, yeah. but she like she does not feel the exact same way. And she totally that. does. You saw the look on her face with that blanket on the when they were. If she in really the board. loved him, she, like if you love me, really love me, right? I don't care. I don't yeah. care. I they, that's a great song. Like the lyrics of that song are important, and and like what happens in that moment is she doesn't care about that love. She cares about her vengeance more. She yeah, chooses she her. She chooses her vengeance more than her love. And that's very, very important. And, and, and so, like, yes, yeah, so you can say that, Dave. Yeah, she kissed him, and that, that, like, but maybe that does solidify her their love for each other. Or something solidified. It's I'm not. shipping it. It's not. It's not. <laughs> she she basically chooses her vengeance, and it's a very familiar uh, motif to our Loki, because that's what he does a lot of the time with Thor. You just mentioned it. Look at when Thor's like, look around, right? He still stabs him in the side of the gut, you know. Yeah. So, like, these are the things that that are consistent with Loki's. True, true. Lo- that Loki is an interesting, or he or she, or they. Um, okay, let's talk about maybe like the fine. Like, she kills him. I think we kind of talked through that, and then um, sort of this heartbreak, I guess, that Loki. Yeah. feels uh maybe this is also the time to just talk about tom hiddleston in this show more specifically because we haven't really um mm-hmm. talked about this we have and we haven't like kind of maybe focused on him but it, it, this is sort of the end of the story for season one where he shows up back in the tva we saw all these new timelines diverging now that he who remains has been killed by sylvie he doesn't know what happens he doesn't know how to get her back and then he shows up to Mobius and to B-15, who are trying to deal with the situation, it seems like. And he's like, we couldn't. He starts explaining things yeah. to him. And then he goes, who the hell are you? Are you an agent? An analyst? Are you an are you one of our analysts? Like, where, you know, and then, uh, and things. So it seems like Loki has been erased from history. 
And we also see that the timekeeper statues have been replaced with statues of he who remains, who we believe to be Nathan, Nathaniel Richards, right? So, uh, or Kang, or any variant thereof, because we, we we he said that all of his 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 boogeyman variants, the bad ones, were going to now be unleashed, and perhaps this is one of the one of his variants who now founded the TVA, or history's been changed in some way. Or it's or it is he who remains, and he's some sort of figurehead, and you know, like, and maybe I don't know. But why don't they know who Loki is? It's a good question, and we're gonna find out the answers to those questions at some point. But right now, we just have theories. Like, yeah, like why doesn't? How often does this happen? That's my question. How yep. often do these resets occur? So I well, just want to also I just double checked um, in Renslayer's office. There is no statues once Loki returns. Hmm. So there's no statues inside of that office. Do we, when do we see her office at the end? You mean when Owen Wilson showed up at the end? Like, no, when when Loki is pushed back, he's pushed back to. Her but they office. don't. Did they go to her office? That's in, where he in, ends up. He ends up in her office. Does oh, he like when he when he first gets sent there by Sylvie. Yeah. Oh okay. Oh okay. I didn't. Know I thought that. it was the other interrogation room. He ends up back in. I didn't notice. Like uh, I have to, I'd have to look at that. But like, um, that's really interesting if that's true. And uh, it, it's there's so many little things there. Like, yeah, and B fifteen has no idea who he is, and the dejection on his face when he it's realizes. I should say it's a room. Sorry. Oh, okay. When Mobius, uh, says to him, like, "Are you an animal? Like, who are you?" That just Loki doesn't even try to explain it. He just turns around and walks away. He's just like. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm in a pickle now. It's yeah. way worse. I, like, love, I, I loved his reaction. Like, I, I, the way he, like, you're talking about Tom Hiddleston, the way he played that, again, a chef's kiss. Like, so good. Yeah. So like, he obviously cares a lot about this character, but it, this was also, like, I feel like one of the smartest things you could do with a new version of Loki, considering that that original arc stands for what it is. And now we get this new time travel Doctor Who version of Loki, who is very similar but different in many significant ways. Like he's lived a very he, as as this as this show continues to go on, he's going to we're going to think of him more and more as not Loki. We're going to think of him as something else, I think, uh, or a variant, the variant Loki, or whatever we're going to get to call him eventually. There's certain moments like this Loki never did; he only learned about. Like, yeah, he only saw them. Like, and what would that experience be like? You know, you see this future that you never lived, but you, this is what you, this is what your life would have been. Like, like, okay, so when he sends his <laughs> like like the dark elves and he thinks they're going to Thor, but they go kill his mother instead. The next movie, like, he is like literally depressed. Like, he he's creating this facade for Thor, but then he they remove it, and he's literally like in a in a really dark dark hole. In this version of Loki, we don't, he never has time for that, you know? No, he doesn't get to spend months in a cell just like con, well, he, well, he got kicked in the nuts a lot by Sif. He had a different kind of penance, right. you know? Um, he, he didn't, he, like, you find out, like, yeah, you're going to lead your mother, like these dark elves to kill your mother, but you never got to, you never experienced that, but that, that is how she died. Uh, some other version of you that doesn't ha and you don't have that memory because it was weird when they were showing his greatest hits like the whole we didn't talk about his uh was it db woodward is that was the, the name db cooper 
yeah. DB Cooper. Yeah. Uh, there was DB Cooper who he was, right? So he's like, I remember doing that, but I obviously don't remember doing these other things. So he's DB Cooper was a prank, though. Yeah. Well, I thought that I, when when they threw that into the first episode, I was like, maybe we're gonna get more of this, more of these like flashbacks of what Loki's been doing his whole life, his very long life. Yeah. But no. That was the only yeah. one like that. Yeah, there could be more like that they could do in season two. Like maybe he was, you know, Hitler or something, you know, something crazy. Like he's a mischief maker, right? So like maybe he was involved in a lot of big events throughout history that we have no idea about or whatever. And they might throw another one in. I, I wouldn't be surprised, uh, you know, if they explain that Loki, you know, because he is compared to the devil and he's compared, he's compared to a whole bunch of different things. So right. I can see them doing that. Yeah, uh, Jamil, are you excited for more of this show, dude? <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm like, dude, I, I, I mentioned this before, and I, I think I mentioned this last week for Black Widow. If Marvel said, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna stop making movies and just make TV shows of um, whatever we want," I wouldn't necessarily be against that, right? Because yeah. the amount of the amount of the quality of these shows plus also the writing and the performances that we're seeing there is not a drop off in some respects there's a, a, an increase in terms of the ability to showcase these performances better than they have in the movies right none of those the marvel movies are going to get nominated for any awards right. right but these television performances are so layered and nuanced and able to progress throughout these episodes that yes they are award worthy right well more so this one than let's say uh falcon the winter soldier yes uh, no offense don Cheadle. And i think then, I've, of those like, he got he got he got on the emmy uh, ballot that was um, ridiculous but yes i'd say that like now that we have um we have loki and we have wandavision and we have falcon the winter soldier all these disney plus properties to compare to and black widow which is a recent movie like how do you how what, what is the future of the mcu how is everyone going to absorb this content i think that the, they already got the fan base i think the people are going to watch it that being said i absolutely uh, know that a letdown is going to be happening because i do not see some of the newer slate being as well received as what we've currently seen I don't think people are gonna really like She-Hulk at all. I know I will, but I know I think a lot of people. <laughs> She-Hulk. Like well, it. she's not my favorite character to start, but right. you know. Do you I know don't what? think they've made other characters though that I didn't really like, really likable. So you never know. Yeah. So don't they? They until until they have a, another Inhumans. Uh, let's give them a. You know, Inhumans was done by a completely. And it was done by it wasn't even like the that the, the current team's fault. Um, Okay, maybe we want to uh, just get over to some ratings and talk. Now that we've talked about all these episodes, and uh, how good was this? Um, Jamil, do you want to start us off for your sure. rating because on Loki? It seems like I'm going to be the high high point of this rating. Actually, um, I'm going to give this um, an eight point five. Eight and a half. Okay, um, and I'm I'm going high on this. I'm going nine point. Five. Wow. Okay. Uh, actually, not with us tonight. Um, Jeff, do you want to give a rating for for Loki? Okay, I'm gonna give my rating for all four that you have up here. Ooh. Start with Loki. Okay, Loki, nine point seven. Wow. Okay. Nine point <laughs> seven. I okay. How about Black Widow? Five point five. 
<laughs> uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Seven. Seven and one division. I'm gonna give one division a nine. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna give. I I haven't given my rating for some reason, but I'm also gonna give a nine point. Um, I I think it's as good as Loki. Uh, so I'll give it nine and a half. I'll give it an eight. You're good. You're saying less than Loki, so you preferred Loki. Uh, Ashley is not here, but she can uh, give us a rating at another time. So, so, uh, so based on those those averages here, this Loki is the best thing that we've seen in 2021 so far from just our collective opinions. But um, what do you think out there in the comments? And let us know what you what, what you thought of Loki and all these new properties. And what's next, Jamil? What are we going to be watching? Do you know? Is it going to be Spider Man? No, it's going to be um, Shang-Chi. Um, Shang-Chi yes, and the Ten though, Rings. Even though we will have episodes of What If, What If is a 10-episode season. So it's going to take a while until that season ends. So Shang-Chi, which will be coming during um, Labor Day, which is in September, um, we'll have that. And possibly before Eternals will be the end of What If. And then we have Eternals, and I think we're getting What If sooner. I thought I thought What If would be before. What If starts before. in August, but the ten um, episodes would cover past Shang Chi. So Shang Chi will air before that finishes. Okay, Correct. just like Black Widow. Yes. Uh, and we were watching Loki before Black Widow came out. Okay, Jeff, are you excited for Shang Chi and the Ten Rings? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> not yet i think i have to watch it i don't know enough about i don't know anything what about it is i know it's like the chinese martial arts magic movie and that's about it i'm excited <laughs> you know? i'm super pumped for this because i have a theory that um we're gonna see some uh kun lun what kun lun well you so see you feel like it's gonna tie in with iron fist very loosely I don't think Iron Fist is going to sh technically show up. Will Sigourney Weaver be back? No, there will not be any ties to to that. But I think we're going to see Kung Long. Okay. I well, I think that that's a whole part of the Marvel universe and the Marvel comic books that they haven't really done a ton with yet, like the mist, the Chinese and martial arts mysticisms and different things that they have uh, in some of like with the Mandarin and different characters. Like I think that there's a lot of interesting potential there more to be explored there just like this tva brought this whole new time travel aspect this completely new corner of the universe that's going to be very separate and distinct from other parts of it which i think that the diversity in marvel is what its strength is like is that you, that all these things culminate for yeah. these big events i, yeah, well, I think yeah. this is the introduction of time uh shang chi is the introduction of the um, of not just mysticism but uh, the uh, what we're gonna see very uh, fallout in terms of Blade eventually, right? Because we got vampires coming, we got more of this Doctor Strange it's be stuff more, coming. It's be more street level, and then Eternals is continuing the space aspect, which I think is gonna be what we're gonna see after Kang. I hope. Okay, so with the Eternals, I really hope that they explain the Celestials. I think um, they will. I hope they will, and if they do, like I'm going to be right on board with that movie, and I think they will because there's too many good actors and too much money going into that movie for them to not like make it good. So uh, I hope it's really good. That's there for for your consideration for um, the Emmys and Golden Globes, I think. 
So we're gonna be we're gonna be back here on Super Mater Brothers podcast to talk about the next Marvel installments when those hit and when those finish airing if their shows or movies respectively coming up in the next few months. Uh, really exciting stuff. And one eventually we'd like to go back and maybe rewatch some of the older stuff. But there's like what twenty five movies that we we're kind of getting here late to the game so that might happen slowly um but uh that would be the intent hopefully eventually and uh yeah keep watching us now here on super Mater brothers podcasting we don't just talk about marvel if you watch a little show called big brother season 23 you can check us out because we're talking about that three times a week sundays wednesdays and thursdays every time it airs on cbs uh and then global up here in canada you can check out our hot takes on um, on on Big Brother 23. J Jeff, Jamil, and I as we're covering that for the next 12 weeks. Guys, you're loving the season so far. Um, yeah. Say yes. Just say yes. It's all great. And then, um, Frenchie's and then, my favorite player. Yes, Frenchie. Yeah, good thing I have him in the draft. And then also we have our other channel called Trivial Debates. That's um that's a, a monthly show where we argue about movies, TV, sports, and more. Coming up next Sunday, July twenty fifth uh, at well, I, I, I say we're, we're saying ten a.m. Why not? An early start is good. We got Jody, Adam, and Jeff competing. Oh, uh, okay. No uh, quick quick fun fact about Adam Woodward. Um, I was watching this new Guy Ritchie movie called Wrath of Man. I don't know if you guys have yeah, seen it yet. I've seen it. You know, no. like the, the, the main kind of guy that not Jason Satham, but the like the other main guy that's in it, not Scott Eastwood. <laughs> I forget his name, but he's been in Mindhunter. Yeah. But he reminds me so much of Adam Woodward. Like they, I don't know why. Like they don't have like the same voice, but they can't, they reminds me of him. So I was just watching. I'm like, that's like Adam Woodward. He's kind of like that guy. There you go. Here you go, Adam Woodward. Uh, going to be battling Jeff and Jody in next Sunday's debate with Mike hosting for the first time ever. Check that out. Plus, we also have our Star Trek channel, Live Long and Podcast, where we talk about Mondays. We talk about Star Trek, the original series, watching every episode, not in order. We're doing that, which lies believe what lies beneath something like that well check that out monday night at 8 p.m we're gonna be talking that and then tuesdays d space nine at nine ish where we talk about every episode of d space nine in order we're on the second last episode of the third season jeff coming oh, up to facets facets we're talking about dax it's gonna be fun we're talking dax about it's gonna be all our past hosts it's, it's, it's a fun one uh and very soon we're heading into season four cisco's getting promoted he's getting full hawk he's shaving that head and Worf's coming to the show, and it's going to be a whole new era in D Space Nine yeah, pretty we've, soon. We've gotten through the Chuffa, and we're ready <laughs> to move on. This is all Chuffa. All right. So those are all our channels and, uh, and content. I didn't miss anything, I don't think. Um, nope. And, uh, yeah, thanks for being with us. We hope you were uh, – this was – what did this end up being? Like almost uh, three – yeah. almost... is, is this the Dave Mater experience? Is that what this we're the, doing today? Well, uh, <laughs> these these when we cover a whole show, it just takes longer to get, get through it. It took us even long. I feel longer with WandaVision because that was the first one, and we had nine, nine episodes nine episode. to talk about. So there was a lot of show to cover there. Even with uh, here, I just like I was like, okay, let's run through the six episodes. But every time we were on an episode, there's just a ton of notes and thoughts. And WandaVision was probably a little easier because it's very compartmentalized. Like the whole idea of that show is like, you know, we're in the 50s, we're in the 60s, we're in the 70s. And there's this mystery that goes on for half of it, right? Um, You're better so. discussing the mystery throughout the show. So, yeah. 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 Where, it's, where it's like, yeah, Loki, like the concept is so 
like high, high so different yeah and and very different for like the loki character because he's like this as guardian shakespeare in the park character now he's like in like this uh brown and orange science fiction setting all right, guys. Well, that's it for Loki. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, thanks to both of you. Uh, Ashley, uh, we missed you tonight. Uh, so hope you, we hope you feel better. Uh, we'll hope you'll be back for Shang-Chi and, uh, and all those things. And uh, thanks to Lokis for being... You hit a rock, you hit a Loki around here. You know? <laughs> glorious purpose! Glorious purpose. Okay, and with glorious purpose, we sign off for tonight. And uh, I don't know what the Marvel saying is, but uh, for all time... Always. Oh, thank you.